Three, two, one. Do you want to start the Hello. beginning? And welcome to all... And just try to throw them off. <laughs> Shut up, Kevin. Shut up. Three, two, one. Hello. Hello. And welcome to all the best bits. <laughs> Hello, Kevin. How are you? I was, go- I was going to give you a better introduction, but how are you getting on, seeing as you're throwing yourself out there? I'm fantastic. How are you getting Season's on? Season's over. We're having a, oh, a, an easy run of it. I'm going to watch a cracking movies. Yeah, this is my favourite part of the season, where we can just sit back and go completely bananas. Dos. And not really care what we say. And dos, yeah, it feels like, you know, it feels like those classes when the, those classes when the teacher isn't around. And you'd all freeze, and, uh, you'd all sit as perfectly still and quiet as possible. Not to, <laughs> not to let anyone know that there isn't a teacher in the class. Be like, shh, 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 shut up. Oh, yeah. Say a fucking thing, quiet. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd wait then do your homework you'd wait until <laughs> let's get ahead of ourselves everyone gets into their own class and all the doors close and then they go fucking bananas throwing books at each other and <laughs> <laughs> oh, and eventually the, the roaming principal just opens the door with that face Clark and that face it. of oh <laughs> we are in shit right now um hello and welcome to all the best bits <laughs> this is our bonus podcast where we talk about and do a little bit of an audio commentary to a film that was picked as one of our best bit films throughout the season. Um, tonight we're going to be uh, watching and uh, commenting on the sequel to Kevin's favourite film of all time, TM, Jurassic Park, uh, The Lost World, colon, Jurassic Park. <laughs> and um, Jurassic Park is... That was, f- we did that for a sequel reboot scene. We did, it was Joe Barton's pick. And correcting the record mm-hmm. Jurassic Park is one of my favourite favourite films it's not my favourite film but I'll, I'll allow it for the sake of this commentary <laughs> we have a guest just Will. trying to rewrite Are we the going facts to, that's all I'm I trying to do I can introduce our guest oh yeah sorry Jesus Christ and of course we have the pleasure and joy of having a guest coming along for the ride we're all in a car right um, he's, now. Uh, we're in a car right now, and uh, he is just coming off the, the the release of his directorial debut feature film, uh, Poster Boys, which is an absolutely charming, lovely, funny, wonderful film. The writer, director, producer, Dave Minogue. Dave, hello, welcome. Nice to have you. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. It's brilliant. How are you, Dave? I'm doing all right. I'm kind of disappointed um, Poster Boys didn't get Best Kid Protagonist. Nobody asked you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Poster Boys should have gotten Best Kid Protagonist. This will be a spoiler for uh, listeners of this episode. If we ever get Road Trip, Dave, you're getting roped in because I think we can draw the the comparison between your Road Trip movie, Poster Boys, which I genuinely loved and road trip movies in general so hopefully that one comes up on the wheel oh because I stole every trope in every other road trip movie and then put it in but yeah definitely what, what is it you say in, in road trip movies they've, all, they've, all got, they've always got to be driving left to right because that shows yeah, it was, huh. forward progress and if they're driving right to left it's uh, they're going backwards there's something like that I, I could be just talking out of my arse right now with that road. But, yeah. that was in is my head because we le- read left to right there was something about left to right as well. I think he, unless you're Japanese, did, then you read top to bottom. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did left to right, and I think even consciously and um, God, I hate saying it. This is like, oh, it's the song, song of the sea bell. But in song of the sea, we always had the characters moving when they were going in the right direction. They're always going from left to right, and when they're going in the wrong direction, which was like away from their goal, they were going from right to left. 
that's what we try to frame it I think magic hmm. yeah there I we go I want to see some studies to see if that's true if people resonate with that subconscious this is what the subconscious filmmaker well this is how a true auteur knows how to play with their audience they know exactly where the the eyeballs are on what part of what frame of the screen guys you need to you need to do an episode on um, the psychology of watching a film yeah I'm talking out of my arse you should if you don't know that mean, no you should <laughs> completely talking out of my arse because it is there is a lot of psychology in just watching a film I love watching the reaction videos on YouTube but I always feel a bit dirty about doing it it feels really sort of invasive but uh, I love watching people watch movies. Almost like listening to an audio commentary. Yes. Almost like listening to people watch movies. Listening, <laughs> listening to three lads, <laughs> bare-chested, about to watch dinosaurs eating people. But um, I'm going to be looking yeah. out now to see what direction, <laughs> what direction the raptors are moving in. Is it left to right or right to left? Oh, yeah. When it's going good for them, they're going left to right. But when it's going bad for the raptors, they're going right to left. Let's find out. Will we, will we hit play? So we're syncing up, as we always do. To anyone who's listening along at home, you too can sync up if you want to. You, But a major disclaimer, what? you do not have to watch along. Don't let that put you off, because these are just long-form chats where we are using the film as an anchor point. It would probably work a little bit better if you do watch along, but you don't have to watch along. Just like you don't have to be watching us watching along. Mm-hmm. You can just listen. Mm-hmm. Magic. <laughs> we're gonna we're synced up at the we're synced up at the most logical point right 25 minutes in Kevin suggested this time we sync up in the middle yeah 25 yeah. minutes in <laughs> and, we're and I said into the first act <laughs> Dave, Dave was going for the yet said into the first act as well I was I was saying you know act three might be a good place to start but you know fuck that Podbot overruled us all and said let's start at the bloody beginning so we're all at zero 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 and we're watching on 1.25 speed oh god <laughs> if this is how we're and starting we're from left to right. God <laughs> knows what we were going to be <laughs> it's a bad start in two hours time let's let's get going it's a terrible start <laughs> Dave are you ready uh, to press play and Kevin are you ready to press play I'm so anxious to press play like okay. I'm actually kind of a little bit of a sweat that I might be off by oh, a second because if you're off by a second then everything's screwed you're going to have to just do the whole thing and record until it's absolutely <laughs> perfect We've never been out of sync ever. Not once, Dave. Not <laughs> once in all our uh, time doing this. All right. So We've we're never talked press over play each other either during from... the recording. <laughs> Good. It's exactly. so unprofessional when people do that. It's so unprofessional. So, <laughs> uh, counting down, we're going to press play. Um, so, five, four, three, two, one, and play. Here we go. We're off. Can I just say that when I went bungee jumping, the guy did the same thing, which is that he said, the countdown, you ready? And he went five, four, and in my head, I thought it'd be three, two, one, jump. And he went five, four, and I went five. And it threw me completely off. <laughs> so you just brought that back to me there. And then you just kind of tripped over the edge. Yeah. What, what, wait, what were you expecting? That's what I wanted. Three, know. You, two, one, two, go. One. Not, I wanted to give you a five, lead up. Five, five four, three. I was like, "Fuck me, that's too much of a lead up." You know, but hold, you know when if you're doing if you're doing music like accounting, you do the silent five, four, and then three, two, one. I thought or, it's the other you know, way around. The, you do the other way around. Five, yeah, you do four, five, four, three, silent. Yeah, we're now we're doing three, two, one with our fingers. Um, you could have done the NASA thing. <laughs> yeah, we should have done the blow NASA. Up. Look at this. So immediately, yeah. it's shot. already 
a darker film. Totally different, com- totally different cinematographer. Yeah. Dean Cundy's not on this. It's, um, is it Janusz Kaminski? Is this? It is Janusz yeah. Kaminski. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a much more overcast, gloomier film. Stormy weather, not a good day for the beach. That's what I would just say. Look at the waves here. Not a good day. For also, the beach. there's no depends on your mood. Yeah, true. There's no way that they yeah. sailed up onto that beach with the, those waves. Yeah, with mm. without spilling some champagne, like. But like that's a great oneer, like one of the Spielberg oneers right there as well. Like you have the ship that it's like setting the landscape, and then it comes in on the the sailor oh. the crew and onto the champagne and over here, and you find out who everyone is in this one single shot. Brilliant. You see that guy that was just sitting down who was given the first champagne. He used to uh-huh. host a TV program that used I used to stay up to watch. It'd be on about one o'clock in the morning, and it was um uh, it was like U.S. box office. And he would do the right. box office show, and he, he's got a really resonant voice. And oh, yeah, I remember, I remember when this film was coming out, and he was like, also starring yours truly. But uh, yeah, it was like in that movie Magic era. Oh. There was I can't remember what it was called. It was like U.S. box office or, or Hollywood box office, half hour show every week with all the top ten movies. Oh well, like I miss those kind of shows. Mm. Yeah. Seriously, all the, that shot just made me very uncomfortable. They were setting up for a lovely beach picnic, but it looks as if they're all going to be swept out to sea at any second. Like, it's just just not right. Is this another one? I'm sure it's going to be. He loves his one So it's, a, it's a efficient. It's efficient. Isn't this also a scene yeah. from the first m- book? Book, yeah. Yeah, I think and so, And they yeah. repurposed it for the opening of the sequel. yeah. We'll just go with that. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I think no, it's true. read that too. Compies. There's Compogsodnathiasis or something like that. Mm, compies is what I have always known them as. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, my kid got into dinosaurs. Go on, go on, Kevin. Your kid got into dinosaurs and he, what's his favorite dinosaur? The Indominus Rex. No, it's the, not. The, the fictional one. It is. That's what he says. The fictional one. Dominus Rex. Oh, actually, you and told me this before. You told yeah, me this on the actual Joe Barton podcast. Fake news. Yeah. Fake news, yeah. And he says, I don't care, Dad. I don't care. I voted for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, so this script, the original idea... Now, you might call me out on this and say I'm completely wrong. If you remember in the first film, um, Dennis Neary, the guy who was stealing all those engine, you know, things in the shaving foam can. Newman. Yeah. Was it, what was his name again, Dave? From Seinfeld. No, Newman from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so they made a big point of when he gets, when he gets caught by the, when he gets killed a nice by cut. a dinosaur. Is a nice cut. To Jeff Boltzmann yawning and her screaming. I actually think this is the whole problem with this film, that cut. Like, it's just kind of embodies why this isn't as good as the first one and like such a brilliant setup and then it's undermined by this like comical wittiness that goes to jeff Goldblum oh, being just yeah, a bit yeah. too he's quirky. yawning as the someone else's yeah. yeah yeah true the setup was brilliant and then it just cuts to something that just undermines it all right cards yeah. on the table cards on the table do you like this film eat both of yeah, you yeah love it do you i like it okay yeah i don't mind it <laughs> I, I, I love it in that it's just grand. Like, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. And there's so much great spectacular moments in it. 
and like you kind of forget half of it and then when you're watching it you're like oh this is kind of bad but then there's little moments that are like deadly yeah what did what were you saying will i cut you off to oh oh the idea the idea was that he spielberg's original idea for the script was to he planted that shaving foam bottle sorry the the shaving foam thing uh it'd be getting kind of like washed down the the stream and that was supposed to be the seed for the sequel Mm. that someone was it was the getting that or that was going to be the key for the sequel but michael Crichton had already started work on the book sequel book uh and he had a totally different angle on it so Spielberg's idea was abandoned. So it was for not that little but shaving foam thing. They did start working on the sequel before they'd even read the book. Oh, yes, I imagine they did, yeah. So I think that was yeah. one of his, he was, that was the idea he was developing, I think, to, if I'm right. Yeah. I don't know. So this moment. So here, him, David Cole, with Mr. Pips, also from Seinfeld. Is it him? Mm. Is he? Oh. Elaine Foss. Yeah. Oh, wow. In. In uh, in uh, season four of Seinfeld, that's Elaine's boss. Nerd. <laughs> so this is like you bring back the two main, well, two important characters from the first film, and they basically have a background cameo. It's so strange. Mm. There we go. The kids. Oh, these two. Mm. Yeah, but uh, one of the versions of the early drafts had them be in it far more. Um, maybe not like as principal characters, but they were far more prominent in it. But oh. um, what, when they first, like Spielberg, David Cope, and the storyboard artist David Lowry were all out for dinner or lunch, and they started brainstorming what the sequel would be before they'd even read the book. And they, it was like the idea. Do you know l- later on with that family and the T Rex looking in the window and eating the dog, yeah. like little hmm. moments like that? They were just throwing them out, like we want this, we want this, we want this. Oh yeah, and the script. Kind of structured around that, which is kind of cool. I like Indiana Jones. I once had, um, yeah, yeah, Indiana Jones, where I just and it worked out in that instance. But I once had a meeting with a producer who his advice for writing the script of the project I was being hired to, to work on was to block out what the trailer was going to be first. What are the trailer moments <laughs> so that the film could be sold in 30 seconds? pitched in 30 seconds to to a standard American audience. And I'd never heard that before, where you're thinking, what are the big trailer moments? And then build a story around that. So, And there was one moment that he particularly loved, and it became an albatross around my neck because the moment no longer made any sense for the, for the flow of the story, and I couldn't really make it work. And yeah, that project didn't happen, Sonia. Oh, God. <laughs> That's very difficult. That's very difficult when going to any project saying, you know, I, 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 I have an idea for this particular scene and a whole film has to be made around that. And oh, it's a yeah. recipe for disaster. It is really. And an extremely successful producer. But uh, I, bl- I blame uh, myself. I was trying to come up with the name of a producer, the guy, Roy Evans. Evans. That's who it was. Did, oh, you're just making up that? <laughs> a combination yeah. of Roy Lee and... Uh, I was thinking of that Evans Robert guy, Evans. that famous Evans. Yeah, it's Robert Evans. That's what I was trying oh, to Oh, right. I thought you That's, were coming up with yeah. your own character. <laughs> yeah, I just thought you were coming up with a fictional no, producer. Just, again, like my, a producer bag to throw all the shitty producer stories under. It's just my <laughs> nine o'clock stroke that I have, you know, just kicks in around now. I usually wait till midnight. Yeah, I have about 15 more minutes before I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Santa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did play Santa. It is. It did. Very good. 34th yeah. Street. Yeah. Mm. And the serial killer. Did he really? 
Oh yeah, uh, Riddington Place. If you've not seen it, watch it. It is absolutely is so creepy. Oh yeah, it's, it's well, it's uh, John Hurtson. Yeah, number oh, is it number ten, Riddington Place. I think it's um, basically based on a true serial killer story of a serial killer, and uh, uh, and on, and creepily, once you see it, you will never not see uh, Richard Attenborough in this. Look at him in the same light again because he is a, a stark. He, he resembles him pretty oh, well. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, he looks like that doctor that killed all those old women. Yeah, he pretend and this serial killer pretended to be a doctor and he killed some people. Yeah, sorry, Dave. So, this is what our commentaries are like. We we invite you on to talk about <laughs> it's the last ruin one. beloved icons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we ruin films. That's the idea. We're talking about Harold Shipman. Good. Uh, Harold <laughs> Shipman. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> <laughs> It took him four years, wasn't it? What's the difference? It was this was ninety six, wasn't it? No, it was later 97. than that. Yeah, ninety seven. Was it ninety eight? Yeah. No, well, it wasn't as it late. It might have been here in ninety eight. Because uh, I remember, it was definitely ninety seven. I was beside myself with excitement for the the first film, and I was collecting all the little uh, were they top Trump cards? There was something like that. They were like um the you know how for Batman the uh, the. Tim Burton Batman they'd have the cards and you could collect the cards which would be all the little stills of the movie and uh, yeah and they had With them the chewing gum in it yeah they'd be like they come in a little foil thing there'd be six cards and then you get a stick of shitty gum um, and I think it must have been about 98 cards and I remember collecting all of them for Jurassic Park but by the time that the wow. Lost World but yeah is this the Lost World oh Jesus yep yeah, it is. I, I was getting confused there for a second that that was Jurassic World. Um, but, but by the time this one came around, it uh, uh, the excitement for it just wasn't there. So going to see just felt like more of an obligation than anything. It was like to see what the sequel to that amazing Jurassic Park was. And as I said on the Joe Barton uh, podcast, none of my mates would go with me. We were all just too old for it. So it was like, does anyone want to go see the dinosaur movie? I'm like, no, not really. But uh-huh. then, like you're you're at that age where Jurassic Park is, was everything, and then you kind of grow up a bit, and you don't really want to be associated with the stuff that was everything two or three years ago. Yeah, so or I four years ago, wasn't it? Away. It's four years. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that, as years, I was saying. Four years yeah. when you were a teenager, it that's a big jump. That's a lifetime. It is. I I remember going to see this. I saw this as one of those times when I was old enough, like I was going to cinema on my own, on my own for quite a while. So I was a, an older teenager. And even for the first Jurassic Park, I kind of felt like, ah, this is one's for the kids. You know, weirdly enough, I was like going, I felt like I was beginning to, it was for kids a little bit younger than me. And definitely when I went to see this one, I kind of went, I'm going to see the kids movie on my own. And I felt a little bit weird, but it's, it's dark and it's vicious. And um, um, I didn't really give a shit. Once yeah. I was no, the first one for me was like, having a come to Jesus moment. I, I remember mm-hmm. walking out of the Capitol cinema and the music playing behind me. And I just thinking, I've got to do that. That that's what I want to do. Whatever that is. I want to make movies that make the audience just scream and laugh. And uh, it was so much fun. And then seeing this was kind of a bit depressing. There was nobody really yeah. in the cinema. It was all a bit glum. And um, the film was just a bit sort of like there. I didn't particularly like Jeff Goldblum as the new protagonist. Uh, I didn't really like the supporting yeah. characters. And it just felt a bit mean or a bit darker of a film. It didn't have the... It all felt a tiny bit forced. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it. it is darker, but I feel like it's also, like I was saying earlier, like constantly undermining itself with humor and not like in a good way. 
just like where it's like a oh, big scary moment but here's a really cheesy corny line that's said ironically it's like yeah yeah or these like things that would happen absolute like with the <laughs> the strangest of look you know like flying through and they all happen to land in the car or some shit at the same time yeah 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 temple of doom kind of comedy and isn't that yeah. listen look look at how you you where the point of view the story's been told from it's Jeff Goldblum's character is that he is the cynic he is the cynic in this universe that's so true the kind of the 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 tone the tone of the how the tone of this entire film is kind of dictated by that whereas with the first film is very much through the eyes of um, Sam Neill's character what's his name what's his character's name anyway um, his character yeah, is Grant. Uh, um, Ellie Adam Sattler and Alan and Grant Dr. Alan Grant yeah Dr. Grant eight years to a <laughs> university to get that whatever it is that qualification <laughs> yeah can I take us completely out of the moment for a second? And and can I ask you, what time code are you on? Because I hit a button accidentally and stopped myself. Uh, 1410. That's all I need to know. Thank you. There we go. That will definitely make the, the edit. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. Um, so for anyone listening along, they're still in the prologue and it's all exposition, exposition, exposition. So Jeff Goldblum is being told everything he needs to know in order to force him to go onto the second island, which even when I was a kid or even when I was a teenager, I thought that was bullshit. Go back to the original island. Why do you have to have a second island? And I know it's in the book, but I just didn't like it. I just thought it was like, it was a, a contrivance that wasn't necessary but I suppose they couldn't go back to the same locations because everything would look different. I was thinking about this today. There's another. There, there's something very oddly familiar about this, uh, the plotting of this as well. Isn't it just aliens? Where it's just aliens where they're getting, they're trying to convince him, Jeff Goldman or Ellen Ripley, to go back in, and they're making all these arguments for him to go back in, and um, and this him is the badass. and this trailer is the. Uh, the ATC or whatever the fuck. I could never remember what the fuck that thing was called. That that aircraft carrier thing that Ripley drives. Ah, oh, the APC. APC. What's yeah. an ATC? Why do I keep thinking ATC? Oh yeah, armored personnel carrier. APC, obviously. There there we go. I, I remember it now. And here's Vince Vaughn, one of his earliest sort of mainstream films. He'd done, was it Swingers? Swingers. And That's it. And the guy beside so- him... I worked with his brother. Richard Schiff. Yeah. Richard Schiff, yeah. West Wing. I worked with Paul Schiff, yeah. his brother. Right. Never knew. Oh, no. He's a writer too, right? No, he's an editor. Paul Schiff did Star Wars right, and cool. and um, tons of things. Carrie. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... Uh, he, Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun working with him. He was a really lovely, lovely guy, but I had no idea of um, <laughs> what a legend he was within the business. I'm telling you, I sat beside fucking hell. I can't remember his name now either. Uh, one of the producers from Star Trek: The Next Generation. He was on about a hundred of the Rick, Rick Berman. No, no, not him. Um, oh my god, Ronald D. Moore. Ronald D. Moore. Nope, that's a writer. Uh, I could look it up. Oh, um, yeah, well. Peter Lauritsen. I sat beside him for three months, and I never ever. <laughs> 
twigged that he worked on The Next Generation. And I swear to God, it haunts me to this day. (laughs) (laughs) I would have gotten his autograph if I could have. Um, (laughs) You just sat beside him for three months and just talked at him. I didn't ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, God, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) He was particularly just like amused by me. And just talked his ear off for... um, I did oh until, he, until he quit. He quit. He was like, going, "I can't. I just can't. I can't." He was very <laughs> amused by the fact that I was an intern in LA and I didn't have a car and I, I couldn't drive. So <laughs> he just thought of sort of thought like, "How did you get this job? How did you blag your way in here?" And I thought, "Just you wait, man. <laughs> I'll blag. I'll blag my way as far as I can get." But yeah. Uh, hey, I love I love the 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 um, what's the word blind racial casting here? Jeff Goldman's daughter's uh, she's black. This film's ahead of its time. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! I just realised you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you never notice until right now. <laughs> I don't see colour. Yeah. Um, but that's progressive for you know like a nineteen ninety seven film. You don't see colour either, do you? <laughs> I do what it is. I am I am on the verge of falling asleep here. And, yeah, it's like uh, quarter past three in the morning, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like I've got I mean, I've, I've got coast milk. That's all. I just put it that way. You don't milk them now. Coast milk. Coast what? Cows. Coast milk. Do you actually have cows? No, I don't. No, oh. no. Oh, cows. Oh. Cows. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you just killed. You milk. just killed. I, my I thought joke. you were saying one word. I thought it was like what's custom milk? Custom milk. I got custom. I got custom milk. Don't mean I got a cream for that. Oh my god! I'd love to have coats. You could ride them. I would like a cow. You could try. I wouldn't like cows. To do, but a cow would be nice. What would you, what would you like to do with a cow? Why ride it? I don't know. They don't look like they've got good hips for supporting a human. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is, right? <laughs> but on YouTube, <laughs> I have I have fucked up my um, uh, recommendations on YouTube, and so I keep <laughs> I keep getting. <laughs> Oh, stop. I keep getting a chiropractor for horses. So it's, just, <laughs> it's a guy doing like spinal adjustments for horses. <laughs> the, horses the horses are genuinely delighted when he cracks their neck. And <laughs> I, I swear to God. Oh. I, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know the fellas would grab horses and twist their heads and the horses like going, How's it? It's, 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 I swear to God, it goes on. All my YouTube is just recommending these fellas stretching, <laughs> stretching horses' necks and fixing their shoulders and stuff. I was oh, like, Fucking hell. So, yeah. I just want to know what fucking searches have you been doing yeah. How did for you the YouTube algorithm? 
Yeah, to know. end up putting those things together. But you watch one of them and suddenly it's like, he's well into horses. Let's just show him everything. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's show him everything. <laughs> anyway. So now, they, I actually love, there's a shot there as they're uh, sailing onto the island. A kind of um, ferry boat. Yeah, I love the fra- the couple of shots of and seeing all the vehicles packed on it. And there's a kind of a really cool overhead helicopter shot, which would not be done by... By Drums. flying, what? what? You're not fairies? I thought, Jesus, <laughs> little miniature flying cameraman. Um, just threw the camera up. Just <laughs> I just attach, I just attach helium blooms to them. That's how I do. Look, you know. I know. Did you ever watch Eight and a Half? This is the oh, second film. Sorry. So, uh, the Fellini who? Eight and a Half. Yeah, yeah, Fellini. There's a moment in, in that where he's floating above a beach and his okay. feet are dangling, and I've always wondered, how did they do that? Like, how did yeah. they get up that high over a beach back then? Because they wouldn't have had the technology to... I don't know. How high was it? High enough that it gave me the willies. So, uh, crane, I assume. Oh, it'd be, a, it'd be a massive crane then. Maybe. Yeah. I feel yeah. very um, stupid tonight. <laughs> No, I'm right there with you, Kevin. Don't worry, it's fine. So now they've actually come onto the island. I'm enjoying this. This is good. I like this. Um, and we have the first dinosaur we see is the, I think it is film, is the Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus, yeah. And the reason it's the Stegosaurus is because Spielberg got so many irked uh, letters from young dinosaur fans saying that there was no Stegosaurus in the first film. So he made a point to say that we have to have Stegosaurus front and center in the next one. Okay, your there. son's favorite film or favorite dinosaur is the Indominus Rex. Dave, what's your mm. favorite dinosaur? Um, I think it's either the Triceratops or the T Rex. Mine would be um, Michael Not D. Higgins. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Uh, oh, Kevin. Terrible. Here it comes. I said favorite. Um, yeah, they look very different, though. Their ass is a lot higher than I would have imagined. Mm. I always picture them dragging their their tail but no the tail is is positioned up like a scorpion almost and you know those spikes on their tail on their tail the tip of their tail do you know what they're called spikes, spikes? they're called it's called a flagomizer that's what it's called well a flagomizer flag in the hill oh and that yeah. was invented by some author in 1980 yeah there's, there's a story behind it you know better than I do what is it no, I just read the trivia on the IMDb page as well. Oh. <laughs> no, I know this because my son's into dinosaurs, so I've absorbed oh, really? a lot of dinosaur facts from him. He told me, he's like, oh, it's a flagomizer. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, actually, Dad, it's a flagomizer. <laughs> Absolute nerd. That would have been me yeah. at his age. I was obsessed with dinosaurs as well. That's one of those yeah. things that I used to know. I think every kid was. True. I remember James Cameron, was go- he was pursuing doing Jurassic Park, and he didn't get to do it. And he said afterwards that um, he thinks it worked out for the benefit of every uh, kid out there because dinosaurs are every kid's favorite sort of creature. And Spielberg made, made a movie for those audience members and he would have made a much bloodier, darker film. You know it. I think that's kind of what's wrong with this one as well. And in that scene with uh, Hammond and... Jeff Goldblum, they're like they talk about how dangerous it is, but they still kind of shoehorn in this kind of sense that they're awesome or magical every now and again. And with the Williams score, and I just don't think it it works here because we know that 
bringing them back is just a nightmare. Like they're very difficult to deal with, and they'll eat mm-hmm. your friends and family. Yeah, um, there's no sort of like awe to this one. It's more like um, there shouldn't be. Yeah, mm, they yeah. bring it in, but there shouldn't be. There, it doesn't have any place here, because mm. we all know. Yeah, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Even in the Goldblum's lines here, he's like going, "Oh yeah, sure." It all starts like ooh and ah, but later they're screaming, ooh, and that's ah. way. It's too knowing. It's too. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like it's tires. It's he feels tired. It's kind of like every, as a result, you kind of get this vibe of ah, oh, everyone's everyone's going through the motions here, aren't they? But remember, uh, yeah. this was the time of well, Pulp Fiction already happened. Scream was currently dominating pop culture. Yeah. So it was it was a, a quite an ironic sort of a era yeah. for films. Yeah. yeah, everything had to be meta. Friends, look, all you have to do is just friends comedy. You know, it's just kind yeah. of like <laughs> yeah. snarky. So I loved Friends, but I'm just saying, look, Friends is a good template, a good reference point. Look, the, the what's his name, Matthew Perry's character, Chandler Bing's kind of like vibe. Everyone was trying to be Chandler Bing in the nineties. Could that. there be <laughs> any more dinosaurs? Chandler Bing here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Ross in, in yeah. Friends was a paleontologist. There you go. Yeah. yeah. The cast of Friends go to Dinosaur <laughs> Island. <laughs> that would have made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. This is what's missing from the, the current... Uh, Jurassic Park movies is this tactile nature of we both know well we all know that that is uh, an animatronic but you mm-hmm. know that it's there as well you you know mm. that she's touching something yeah and this is when this is probably t- the dying embers of when film sets used to be magical theme park like places where stuff was built and you could go in you can experience the sets and you could experience the creatures you could see them and touch them and then by the time you got run to the phantom menace it was all warehouses with felt and and green screens and blue screens and too much imagination <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the magic was lost for a good uh, decade really yeah i think it's still gone still gone yeah probably actually you're right it's gone worse because here's the thing when i was growing up i would have given anything i would have given my left nut to be on a set because just seeing how they made the stuff the, the shows that you'd watch the movie magic shows where they're showing you how they blow up the white house and stuff the models and everything it's like that's cool i know mm. if you go to a film set it's like so tedious and boring it's <laughs> tape on the floor and nothing to be seen and people just saying half a, a sentence and changing the camera and angle and what have you just it's there's no magic to it for the big spectacle movies like this. The CG, you know, the, the Stegosaurus CG, it's, you know, it, it, hasn't aged, it hasn't aged awfully. You can definitely see it has aged, like versus the, the, the model little baby Stegosaurus there we saw a minute ago. The, like that's real and tangible, but you can see <coughs> the, the rendering on that CG um, Stegosaurus. Yeah, it looks a bit um, uh, flat, flatly lit. But it's still quite new back then, like this oh, level yeah. of CGI. Yeah. Compared to, you know, even some stuff today, it's it's a little bit, I was going to say grand, but it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> so I can hear trees. them. Like, I know they're on set or in a location, but it looks weird. Like, it look, I don't 
know why. Maybe it's just the TV or something, but it feels very studio-like or something. Because they did, is. there's a lot of it was done in studio. No, this is location. That's look big, big redwoods there. So I assume that's up in North California or whatever. Yeah. But, why would they have those trees in, in uh, Costa Rica? There you go. Um, yeah. But like for the, I know for the big, you know, that when the two T-Rexes attacked the trucks, they had to build the set around those T-Rexes. It's like, so that's definitely oh, yeah. not a location. They had little, yeah. little so troughs huge. for them. They could move yeah. them up and down on these little tracks. Mm-hmm. Best sequence in the whole film. And it's why we're doing this commentary is that sequence. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. But yeah, it's also, I will, we'll dog it when we get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like the ends. Well, no, I, I haven't. Admittedly, I haven't watched it in years, but I always thought it was kind of fun when uh, the T-Rex goes loose in. Um, in that uh, San Diego. should have been the whole yeah. movie. It should have been that. Yeah, it should have been. We've been to the place where the dinosaurs are are, are uh, in their element, and now we're going to take the dinosaurs and, and let them run amok in our world. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like there's three different worlds to this film. Like, obviously, there is, but. You cut, when you watch it every time, it's like, oh yeah, and the long grass bit. Oh yeah, and to go back to San Diego. And, oh yeah, yeah, it rains a lot. Um, it's yeah, but when you Just dial it in, it. yeah, and yeah, because it's forgettable. Because the individual yeah. scenes are actually forgettable. There's like there's like individual moments in each sequence that you go, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. But yeah. then all is, a lot of the character st- stuff is quite you know, well, flat because it's not that the bad performances. It's just like, it's just not that interesting. I bet they based the whole script around the trailer. They were like, they met with Roy, Beam. <laughs> Roy Beam was like, just give me the trailer. What's the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> and what they had in the trailer was the actual trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So you're all night folks. Was this Spielberg's last sequel until he did kingdom of the crystal skulls yes i would say yes Mm. because i don't think he particularly suits sequels he got lucky with last crusade Crusade and temple of doom i love it and i also hate it but i also love it um but yeah lost world this girl uh I remember a useless fact was that she grew so much over the course of the six months that they spent shooting this that her costumes constantly had to be let out. She she grew about six inches over six months. No way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wonder where she ended up. Like at what height she ended up. Just <laughs> like so, she's still growing today at that rate. <laughs> Looking down at Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> This is like the year as well where Julianne Moore just exploded. She was a star. I just yeah. remember around this these few years was this and her and Boogie. She was in loads Boogie of Nights, films. The Psycho remake. Big this, oh yeah, everything, everything. But I'm just wondering where this came in the timeline for her career. Like what was, what was all that. so? What was her like big breakout role? What was the one that everyone went? Oh, who, look at this actress. She's I'd amazing. say it was um, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights was no, 97. Same year as this. Huh. Yeah, same as yours. I'm she had, a, she had a, a sort of a walk-on part in The Fugitive. That could she? It's not really a memorable part. She's like a doctor in one scene. She is great. But what a scene. Uh, An amazing scene. I'm actually trying to... 
And she still looks as good today. She's 60. Is she? My God. Yeah, yeah. 61. Almost 61. Holy Mental. Jesus. The, she was in the hand that rocks the crad- cradle, which I didn't know. Oh, Body she's the friend that gets killed in the greenhouse where they slam the... <laughs> there's a booby trap that's set up. <laughs> the friend goes into a greenhouse and the door uh, is slammed shut and all the glass falls down on top of the Julia Moore and lacerates her to death. Right. Curtis Hansen just, you know... Nine months. <laughs> it has to be that film. That was pretty big. Oh, God. That one, Richard... Um, Hugh Grant, sorry. Yeah. So there was a bunch of... Like, this was the year. So Boogie Nights, this... Um, she was in the cycle. So she was... She went from that kind of like supporting role player in from The Fugitive in 93 and... What was the other one I said there? And... Um, yeah, it's a lot just, of helicopters coming in, though. No. Oh, my God. Apocalypse Now stuff. The Psycho remake, that's what Vince Vaughn as well, right? Mm-hmm. It is. That's yeah. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's rubbish. Or is that like a package deal? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's probably Universal as well. It was just... It was the studio saying, everybody wants slasher movies. We have the rights to do Psycho, the ultimate branded... Uh, name within that genre. That is, you know, yeah. They gave it to Gus Van Sant and he said, I'm just going to make the exact same film except I'm going to put in some music video uh, interstitials of like thunder and lightning clouds and oh, it was bizarre. There was more birds as well, I remember. More cutaways to birds. Oh, probably. Mm, yeah. That's all I really remember of it. Did any of you... Pete Pothothwaite? I can't say his name. Pete Pothothwaite. Did any of you see the deleted scene uh, for his that introduced his character in a different way? No. What was it? No. Oh, it's actually quite. It's well, it's long, so it's, it was definitely cut. It's in. We find him in Kenya. It's in. He's in Kenya, right? And uh, he's at a bar, and this guy, a friend of his, the, he's probably a character in this. The Indian guy approaches him. He knows he's there just by the smell of his aftershave, and there's these <laughs> um, on a on a tail uh, on a table uh, an adjacent table. There's this group. Of he's American wearing jupe. Yeah. <laughs> But um, <laughs> the Indian friend says, "I've got a, I've got a game for you that uh, I can entice you back for another, uh, another, uh, uh, you know, hunt." And Pete Pottlesworth is going, "No, no, no! I'm done! I'm done with all this." But then there's a table across from them that's uh, filled with American, obnoxious American tourists, and they're uh, grabbing at the waitress and all this other stuff. And he says, "Would you, uh, would you mind for a second? And he basically gets up and beats, beats the shit out of the. <laughs> Uh, one of the tours with his hands tied behind his literally tied behind his back both of them tie hand behind her back one handed and um, he sits back down he says well okay let's do it and it was long but it also <laughs> painted but it painted him in a kind of a noble light you know it painted him as a kind of a oh he kind of fought he went and he picked a fight uh, to for her for you know to, to shut this guy up but also he kind of painted him in an honourable light which is yeah 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 it was a mixed message I think I don't think he comes across as a all-out bad guy in this. No, Just they were demon towards the end, but mm. fuck poachers. Yeah. I like this guy, the the cowboy, the hippie, the, the nerdy hippie dippy. Doesn't he get yeah. eaten? He does, yeah. Because mm. he I loves. I think a lot him. of the extra characters are quite well-rounded. <gasps> Even Richard Schiff is it, is it Richard or Adam Schiff? Is there such Richard? A Richard. Yeah, name the character. His character okay, name name aside from Malcolm. Can oh, you can't. name any? I can't even character. name the main characters. <laughs> Sarah Harding. 
Kelly Sadler. Yeah. Well, that, those are in the first film. Anna Grant. Um, Billy Bats. In this film, Billy Bats. Billy Bates. Billy. Briars Tucker. Uh, oh, he's Ronald Ro Roland. Oh, I don't know. He's Hammond too, isn't he? Yeah, I love this. Head I, I generally don't know the name of any characters in the film. Yeah, so. <laughs> I well, that's a Pachycephalosaurus. I can uh, barely even remember well. my own fucking name at this stage. <laughs> this is a cool sequence. We're talking about sequences. This whole sequence of them rounding up the dinosaurs is actually kind of cool. I like the sequence. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? I don't like this sequence because it makes me feel bad. Yeah, for the dinosaurs. Yes, I just think but I'm watching cruelty towards. But I don't like it. I it, when I watched um, what was the last one? Was it Falling Kingdom? The Fallen one Kingdom, where yeah. they all get killed yeah. by a volcano, mm -hmm. and yeah. they recreated the shot of the Brachiosaurus. Uh, but this time he was being burned alive by volcanic ash, and you were seeing the silhouette of the Brachiosaurus. And I just thought, oh, that's so distasteful and miserable, and you're basically nuking something that was quite beautiful about the, the first film for a callback a sort of a, a grim callback they mirrored tonally those those sequels mirrored these sequels didn't they that first Jurassic World was kind yeah. of light and fun and the Fallen Kingdom one was dark and gritty kind of like this is a bit darker and more sinister and uh, it's all about the bad guy's plot is about you know um, selling you know selling these animals on the black market or catching <laughs> yeah is the bad guy in Fallen Kingdom Chris is that Pratt. character related? No, <laughs> he's just a bad guy in general, right? No, yeah. but isn't that isn't is the bad guy not related to the bad guy in this that, that guy with the glasses? No, they're not. The the, the Very James Cromwell's James Cromwell's character. Oh, they're was brothers. Richard, he's a Richard brother. Hammond's, yeah, either a partner, a business partner, or a brother. I think he's a business partner. So he was like the the uh, never the uns the silent partner that we never really saw in these movies. So that's mm -hmm. how they jammed them in. This is a cool one. That's the uh, oh, yeah, that's cool. It. The way to get lifted up, the guys. Uh, that's the Paracephalosaurus, I think. Just oh my god, yeah. you're such a nerd. <laughs> that's my. This is from my kid. I like seriously. Own it, man. You, you know dinosaurs. It. You you know your dinosaurs. Uh, it's, a, it's a meteosaur. From what era? Yeah. What uh, period of the? Does it? <laughs> well, isn't the thing that all these dinosaurs are from totally different uh, time periods where they never actually existed at the same time? Oh uh, yeah, they would have. Oh yeah, so there's like Jesus Christ. They the dinosaurs existed for about a hundred and fifty over the space of hundred and fifty million years. Three distinctly different eras epochs on the planet um wow they got us beat yes in a so big far. way so, so far, far. <laughs> i think we're i definitely think we're going to outlast them the yeah. way we're going i think we've, we've got wi-fi everywhere they had no wi-fi yeah <laughs> stupid dinosaurs only lasting for 150 million years couldn't move the planet out of the way of a meteorite dumb idiots <laughs> 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 oh, I know one of the guys in this. I know one of the guys in this gang. Wait till we oh, get yeah? to him. Yeah, well, I'll get once I get to him, I'll tell you the story. Oh, what do you mean you know him? Like you know him, I, know him. Once we get there, I'll go, that's the guy. Right. I can't remember his name. <laughs> <right now. laughs> 
I do know you better him, say it like just said, like that. Peter Storm Storm Miller. Miller. <laughs> I've met him like uh, three times now. Nobody for that. Shit. Who's the most famous person you've ever met? Um, go on, Dave. I'll think about it. Um, Kevin, you got you. Seeing as you said it, you you, you yeah, got an yeah. answer for it. No, see, I'm quote. one of these people. I don't ask questions to uh, <laughs> to team myself up with an answer. I I couldn't tell you. No, actually, I do know. It was uh, Janet Jackson, and I didn't realize that I met her. <laughs> this is a great story. You should have started the other way around. This is a fucking great story. Tell us. <laughs> I love it. This is a great story. It was where I was interning, that the same place where Paul uh, Hirsch was working and where <laughs> Peter Lauritsen was. They had a management office that was there as well. And um, I used to be bored out of my fucking tree because I was just sitting there making photocopies of like Variety and Hollywood Reporter to send to the um, director of uh, Fragrant Tomatoes and, and um, Up Close and Personal. Jesus, I can't remember his name though. Anyway, he was sharing an office space with a management company, which was Janet Jackson's management company. And um, they'd play music at full volume, blasting like hip hop and demos and what have you. But one day, Janet Jackson came in and she wasn't done up like Janet Jackson. She was just like a lady wearing a velour tracksuit and she had a little dog row. And I was just like playing with the dog and chatting to her and asking her what the dog's name was. And um, and while she was waiting to go to, to see her manager. And then she went in and that was it. And I went back to doing my own things. And then I walked up to the, to the desk to uh, the assistant. I was saying like, um, just making conversation. And they were like, Janet Jackson was here. Did you see her? I was like, um, Janet Jackson? And they were like, yeah, she was in, she was just here. She had a dog. She tracks it on. I was like, that was Janet Jackson that I was talking to that for like about five minutes about a dog. Yeah. So uh, I met Janet Jackson. I didn't even know it. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't see color. You don't see color. Wow. <laughs> the more you say that, the less I believe it. <laughs> I'm still trying to think about Daniel O'Donnell is the most famous person I met. No in, in in the Daniel O'Donnell Museum, no less. <laughs> he was going around his own museum. Oh, uh, actually, honestly, was, was he hosting? Was he like, welcome to the Daniel O'Donnell Museum? It, genuinely, I swear to God, I was starstruck. I was starstruck when I met him. Um, yeah, so Is his hair um, nice and fluffy. Which could you, it's could you he's he's quite tall. He's actually, I was surprised that he's he was taller than me. Like, so he's about he's six foot or something. Um, uh, but uh, he was, he's, he, and a I really said, nice wow, guy. Daniel O'Donnell being six foot, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you meet someone, you expect them to be small when you see him on TV. Yeah. But then when you meet him, it's like, oh, I'm looking up at you. Like Pierce Brosnan as well. You're looking up at Pierce Brosnan as well. Oh, really? Mm, Pierce Brosnan's tall, yeah. Hang on a second. You've met yeah. Pierce Brosnan, but you're talking uh, about Daniel O'Donnell. Daniel O'Donnell is more famous. Yeah, I don't, I don't like. No, he's not. I've, I've met the so many famous people, Mia Kevin. too. And you're like talking about Daniel Oh, Donald. yeah, I'm glad you said I thought you were trying to convince me that Daniel Donald's more famous than Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I've met too many famous people, Kevin. That's my problem. I can't. I've NDA, I'm, I'm NDA'd up to my, up to my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Dave? Jerry Seinfeld. No way. Yeah. You, oh, my goodness. Um, this feels like there's a story to this because you keep mentioning Seinfeld. <laughs> Go on. Well, no, because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, and I what—it's a real tragic story, to be honest. 
<laughs> so I was um, love it. My favorite kind of stories are tragic. <laughs> I was making my first um, uh, commission sitcom pilot, and uh, Seinfeld was in town doing day O two, and I had a fair idea where he was staying. So I was like, I'm going to go meet Jerry Seinfeld. And say hello, and I'm gonna be like, "Look, I'm doing this pilot. Can I pick your brain? Just tell me some do's or don'ts." And then uh, I was waiting there for like an hour oh, and a half, <laughs> like a funny. freak. Yeah. <laughs> and then he finally does come up, and I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna go." And it took me ages to kind of get the balls to do it. But then when I got up there, my legs started shaking. I was like, "Oh, I'm Mr. Seinfeld. Could I get a selfie, please?" Uh, and then uh, my selfie is just me going two thumbs up beside Seinfeld. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Tragic. When, when your when your body fails you in that way and you don't anticipate uh, it, and it's like, oh, you, you sabotaging fuck. Yeah, it, like it catches you off guard. You don't expect yeah. to. You don't. <laughs> There's genuine star power of some. Uh, I like in the one day. I do see. I do want to blow that story. And oh god, here's the triceratops are going fucking charging through the camp. This is cool. I, right. I think my favorite dinosaur is the triceratops. It's pretty cool, it's yeah. Path, isn't it? And it's yeah. vegetarian, like me. It just yeah, it reminds me of like a, a badass elephant. <laughs> Punk rock elephant, yeah. A punk rock elephant. No, it's a rocker. It's a rocker. Just old school rocker. <laughs> <laughs> it loves meatloaf. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would do anything. <laughs> it's a dad rock dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> it's a lesbian rocker dinosaur. <laughs> it's got a mohawk. So, if you were to equate dinosaurs to pop stars or rock stars, what other pop star could you equate a dinosaur to? I am going I'd to say... I'd say T-Rex would be T-Rex. There we go. That's where my head was going that's to. That's, yeah. that's where my head was going as well. And um, I'm going to go the Pachycephalosaurus, which ah, is the guy off. with the big round... He's got the round <laughs> head buddy head. He's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be good. The, the bald ex- head. Well, I was going with a bald-headed actor. Uh, act, yeah, that's where I was going. I was going. I was actually going right. Um, right said Fred. That's oh, where my head was going. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think like a Velociraptor would be Vanilla Ice. Just, just kind of looks a bit because like they they're both rappers. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're reaching. <laughs> we're reaching. Uh, Peter Stormare. He's pretty cool. I like him. He plays a. He plays actually the one guy who you don't mind getting killed in this. That that looks kind of nice. That trailer right now. Yeah, it's too nice. Look at the size of the big back on that computer. Oh god, CRT monitors. What were we thinking? Are we here already at this s- sequence? Yeah. No, this is just. Oh, we are. And we're about we're to not. say goodbye to Richard Schiff. Too, way too soon. Oh wow. Yeah, way too soon. You're damn right. I think he should have been there for the sequence. Only- where are we in this? Are we just... We're 47 minutes in. They shouldn't have made any sequels. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. ideas that's a cool one-off. That's like, it's an amazing one-off. Um, and uh, they should just remade it over and over again. Yeah, like Terminator. Like, you can get away with Terminator 2, but that's it. You can't do any more after that. It doesn't make any sense. But this is still in the era where sequels weren't expected to be to get better. They were always still the money crap. Yeah, sixty percent of what the original made. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
But growing up, I used to always, my, uh, my the fallacy, the great fallacy my, my brother um, instilled in me growing up was that, <laughs> you don't understand, it's Rocky 3. It's fucking Rocky 3. That means three times better. And I was like going, oh, that makes kind of sense. The higher up, the higher the sequel, the better the quality. Didn't you use that same bullshit on your friends to see Highlander 2? Yeah, it's going to be I twice did. as good. Because I inherited from him. I was like, you told her that. It's Highlander 2. It's not one. It's got to be two times, exponential. Two, two times Highlander. It were two, two squared better than the first one. That got me with Alien 3. I was like, it's Alien oh. Cubed. Really cute, yeah. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> ah, movie's good. Yeah, I'm with this. So they brought in the baby <laughs> T-Rex into this trailer. And uh, and what I like about it, it's not a CG little baby T-Rex playing around the place. This is a real-life, uh, fully... Uh, <laughs> a real-life dinosaur? Well, it's moving. It's bloody well, it's fully, uh, it's animated in the scene. Like, and it's, geez, it looks amazing. Yeah, they had I, like, a little child in there that was operating it. And <laughs> it's sewn into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's when movies are movies. Uh, You'd hire a little six-year-old, emaciated, with some sort of palsy, and you'd put them into a, a latex suit, and you'd say, perform. Or your parents are not getting your per diem. <laughs> hey, in our in our in my first film, we had a we had a fake whale beached on the beach, right? In my first uh, film, we had the same. Did you? Yeah, we. Oh yeah, pilot whales. But did you have viewers? Like ours was an actual whale, uh, and no, we didn't kill it any had whales. To be operated we... from the inside. Well, no, ours was a ma- like a fake whale. But we had guys inside it, like operating to make it look like it was breathing, and it was a father son team, right? It was a father son <laughs> team. And we, everything had to be done in a rush because we had to get it in such an hour. And every, and once we got the shots, everyone was walking away. It was a, like a really long shot and everyone was walking away And after the shot. And there was he left them just in actors, there. They left them in there. <laughs> the the, the cameras were like a good hundred yards away. <laughs> and then eventually someone says, oh, Jesus, the lads are still in the way. <laughs> the tide's coming in. We had a, we had a fake sheep that was so fake that we couldn't use it in the film but there was a moment in, in Grabbers where I had the creatures were a lot more playful and so the um, there's a moment in the film where Ned Dennehy has been swung outside of the bungalow where um, what's her face from uh, from Fair City is in her house coat and she comes up to the door and they see that the, the guy's been swung around um, before the husband gets whipped and she gets pulled up the chimney anyway at the pub, I had all the people barricading themselves in. And outside, one of the big grabbers was trying to lure people out with an offering for the female because they all smelled like the female. And he was battering a dead sheep against the door. And so they, they had built uh, a sort of a, a puppet of a sheep. And it looked so bad that they cut out the film. But that was uh, that was my whole thing of like, there was a whole thing where they're looking at the window and going like, it's, it's hopping a sheep off the door. Oh, at least it wasn't a real sheep. That's, I would just say. No. That'd be a nightmare. <laughs> Good crack, though. You're the sheep's agent. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. 
Scott Weir to this point in our lives. Lives, yeah, definitely. I'm just yeah. amazed that this is what 2021 is like. <laughs> I remember I remember being in school and just thinking, 2020, oh my God, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be like, it's definitely going to be hovercrafts. It has definitely. to be. Because yeah. they've already got hovercrafts, right now, but yeah. they'll be able to actually hover. And, oh my God, we're going to have like TVs in our hands. Should we do? Movies are going to be amazing. Do, yeah. And I'm going to be a fully grown person, so successful. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to grow up. <laughs> F- movies are amazing. <laughs> movies are magic. There was one gag I liked there in that scene where we've a scene where Julianne Moore is trying to operate, not operate, but binds the broken leg of the baby T Rex. Vince Vaughn's uh, uh, beside her and he's chewing gum. And she puts on her hand and she says, spit, as in she wants the gum to use it as an yeah, adhesive. Yeah. And, and he, he just spits, spits in her hands. <laughs> I think it's a funny gag. It's just a stupid <laughs> no, you're gag. No, gum, idiot. <laughs> but because we're watching it without all the sound, we're not picking yeah. up on how stupid some of these lines are as well. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I, I'll say yeah. this it's one of the handicaps of doing this uh, these episodes this way is that you it, you it helps us because we keep talking and we don't we, we're aware if there's any lulls or pauses but films really require this production sound and the music oh, and yeah. what have you to really work yeah. so we're having to go off memory but I was reading one of the the things that Spielberg was saying about like he kind of lost faith halfway through this feeling like he was just making a a, a, ro- a roaring silent picture or a silent roar picture like where like things like this like the way we're watching it where you see the t-rex just open his mouth and it's like okay he's roaring he's roaring react <laughs> they're not oh, here i anyway. get you i thought that was yeah. like a, yeah. a poetic analogy but no it's just no, they, it's, they weren't making any noise yeah just someone going roar roar <laughs> Wasn't there though some sort of um, behind the scenes footage of That's like cool, Stan Winston Sorry, where yeah, he's like going This sequence is This is the set where they built they had to build the set around the, the T-Rexes and these T-Rexes could actually as opposed to the first one the first one couldn't really do that much they had to pretend like it was but these T-Rexes could lift up an actor and could like rip the top off well, of uh, uh, yeah, they actually were really strong, and they did. They were dexterous and could do things. They were dangerous as well. If you, if you upset them, <laughs> you'll feed them five times an hour. Oh, it was just oh, the, the budget just skyrocketed. So they're just yeah. throwing, you know. They're so cool though. This design for these dinosaurs, like from what we, from what I grew up expecting dinosaurs to be, and then how they reinvented them. They're yeah. iconic looking. But now the T-Rexes, if you've seen how they've now revised how T-Rexes look, they look a little bit silly. Oh, you know what I went with with the kids? They have feathers. They have feathers now. But you know what I went with the kids, and it was absolutely amazing, was... Daniel O'Donnell's museum. That was the (laughs) second most amazing... No, this is the second most amazing thing I'm going to tell you. It was the Walking with Dinosaurs show in like a big arena in Belfast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck me. It was like, you know, like they had them on scale. Like, so they had like T-Rexes coming in and it was genuinely thrilling and terrifying wow. and brilliant. Oh, if you ever get a chance, if you're into dinosaurs still and ever get a chance, if it's near you, I'll get, go see it. It's amazing. All I'd say is it's fucking cool. You Does feel like you're in a room with these get into dino- Like, do you just grow out of it and find them boring at a certain point? Because I don't think... I wasn't I mean, into dinosaurs growing up. I wasn't into dinosaurs Really? Really? Up. No. Because they, they weren't a thing. They weren't dinosaurs. It was Jurassic Park, I think, 
made dinosaurs, I think. When I was, oh, no. six, I was, I was, I was into dinosaurs well before that. <laughs> no, I was never into them. Dino- uh, Star Wars, that was it for me. Star Wars and He-Man. I used to go to the library and, and rent out all the dinosaur books, all the paleontology books and all the, the, the books that had all the pictures of dinosaurs. I used to love them, reading up about all of them. And I used to have a red-green 3D dinosaur book that was just used to blow my mind until this film, and uh, or the last one. And you yeah. actually saw them real. Like there were always like sketches or something, and then except for this three D book. Also, all those um, those oh, uh, stop motion dinosaur movies, the ones like um, the Harryhausen. Yeah, the yeah. ones with Raquel Welsh and things like that. I used to watch all those. Yeah, and Flintstones. I see, the dinosaurs TV show is that the Henson? Is it the Henson's? Yeah. Would the Henson do dinosaurs? The sitcom. No wonder we were mad into dinosaurs. They, we were just primed. They were everywhere. The finale to that show is really depressing because they all die. (laughs) The the meteorite coming. (laughs) Did they do only one season? No, maybe they. I don't know. I think it's carbon monoxide. (laughs) Carbon monoxide to change the filter. (laughs) There was something um, that shocked me that I learned the other day, which is that we only learned about the comet that went to the dinosaurs in the nineties. No way. So that really? was yeah. That was that was a, a discovery in the nineties. Here's sorry. Wow. Here's what I don't like about this sequence. Right? Why what? is there a big glass plate at the bottom of this trailer? It, it doesn't make any sense. It's brilliant. No, but the whole the bottom of it is like a glass. Plate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it makes it's brilliant for the tension and all that, but it makes yeah. zero sense in terms of caravan designing, which I'm an expert in. Uh, <laughs> this is such a this is Joe Barton was on about this moment um, in particular and this being a great sequence but it's so it, it really is just transposing standing on ice on a frozen lake that's cracking beneath yeah. to but it's got extra dinosaurs it's like yeah. gravity or dinosaurs pick which one will kill you um, it's very cool it's a very this is the best sequence in the whole film definitely I think whenever I think about this film and feel like I like it, it's because I'm remembering this sequence mm, and forgetting yeah. about everything else. So good. In the sound as well. I wonder how long they spent filming this. Because you know back then, they would have been like, we were filming the sequence for a month. 69 I know days. where they shot it. It was so big, no, they had to shoot it. They, it was so big they had to shoot it using the Universal Car Park. They used the outside yeah. of the Universal oh, Car Park. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. seeing something about that. Yeah. Mm. They finished five days earlier. They had 74 days scheduled, and I think they did 69 days shooting. What? Yeah, because Spielberg shoots incredibly quickly after his sort yeah. of um, odyssey with Jaws and with Close Encounters. I think Close Encounters went way over budget and over schedule as well. So after yeah. that. When it came to Raiders and, oh, and films geez. after that, he wanted to shoot them quick and dirty and fast. So he does an enormous number of setups a day, something like seventy setups a day sometimes. Why? You know, I watched I watched some uh, the behind. I went on YouTube and looked at some of the behind the scenes footage. There's not much stuff on on YouTube about this, but you see Spielberg shooting and you see him just going, "Yep, yeah, great, go!" You know, great cut, yeah. uh, printed, great. Like that was take one. And he'll just go, right, perfect, go, next month, next setup. And he's already thinking about, and you see him doing, actually executing some of those wonder shots. And it's fascinating. You go, oh, it's just amazing to see it from a different perspective, not just from the camera's eye view, but from a yeah. documentary eye view. 
and you go, oh, that's how you're getting, getting through all these shots so quickly. Yeah, it, you, you've got to have um, a predisposition for that kind of stuff, I think. Yeah. Because for me, I wouldn't be able to spatially think of mm-hmm. how things are going to look through a, uh, from one perspective of the camera and yeah. also think of how I'm going to block out the sequence itself. I'd have to... When you're writing, though, do you not see that? I do, I see the scenes, and sometimes I can oversee scenes, and it becomes almost impossible to describe what I'm seeing. So I just have to give, okay. let it go and just write yeah. the cleanest version of it that, well, this is the way that I approach scripts now, because it was, it was one of the things that I learned from Grabbers. Grabbers was a very funny script, and it was funny for moments that would never make it on screen. So it was mm. like additionally funny, I should say, for things that would never make it on screen because of the way I would describe characters and the way that they would um, react within scenes that would never get filmed. So yeah. the playfulness that I was writing the, the script uh, with couldn't translate to screen because the film is going to have its own texture, its own sort of thing. And the way that I would describe Brian or whatever wouldn't make it. So from Ever since then, I've tried to just write as cleanly and simply and as, um, this sounds like a terrible term, but director-proof the script so that even if a really bad director and a terrible crew were shooting the pages, it would still work. That all my energy was going into the beats, the character, dialogue, the, the, the turns of the story so that you could shoot it like in a master on a, on a DV cam <laughs> and the story would still work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I put less focus into having fun with how I could describe a character or how um, I could floridly write a sequence. In my head, I write to, I write to the edits. In my head, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing the edits, or I'm seeing what needs to be on frame on in the frame, like what needs to be to get the story across. Not how you're going to frame it, but like you know. This is where we need what we the information we need to get we need to get across to the audience, and let the visualists like figure out the inventive ways of this is so cool invent their own inventive ways of. I can get completely blocking. stuck on uh, pages when I don't know how to transition from one scene to the next. If I don't have a clean way out of a scene and a clean way to start another scene, it can really fuck me up. Where I can get completely bogged down by how do I show that they got from here to there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's, a, it's, it's not a, it's, yeah. it, it sounds really dumb but it's like um, it is the scene transitions it is like what is the moment that ends the scene what's the button that you know you see it all the time in, in, in films where it's like they slam the locker and then you cut to the next scene so yeah. you want to get to the moment where the emphasis is on he slams the locker and you cut to whatever happens next or yeah. uh, it's those <clears> moments yeah I found out that I'm writing for teams that have to be way more explicit in everything that's going on. It's like when it's right. just me and I don't have to, I can rely on myself on the day to explain everything. Yep. It's grand. But now it's like, you got to explain what's to the left, what's to the right. And I'm working a lot in audio as well. So I have to be extra. Um, yeah, because the thing is, we don't actually yeah, read what we write. Just in general, everyone when they write something they don't actually read it back what they do is they remember what their intention was when they wrote it which is why you can oversee typos and and make mistakes like that is because you remember what you intended 
from from those sequence of words. I never make a typo. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm full of typos yeah, for that you. reason precisely. And then I look back on it, and after leaving out the key noun in <laughs> a sentence, and it just falls away. And it's like, how could I be that stupid? I wrote an email today, and I uh, said with instead of without, and it completely changed the entire point of what I was trying to say. And nobody's brought it up but when i read it back it was like oh i've just totally told them the opposite of what i meant because oh <laughs> i was writing it so quickly <laughs> but this is this is the modern world for me though where i don't know what it's like for you guys but i feel like i'm continually bombarded by distractions constantly so you're trying to do something like you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and somebody else is texting you at the same time and somebody else mm-hmm. is also texting you at the same time and somebody's replying to a tweet and you've got an email and so you're trying to in your head split off and go like yep yeah, just one person or no to another person and, yeah, and so frantic. it's sort of yeah there's a frantic sort of way of communicating these days where I've deleted all my social media apps like they they just take up way too much headspace and, and and like I, I'm not bored because I always go in and scroll through them, and it's, that's a different type of bored, and it's just a waste of brain energy. Absolutely, hundred percent addicted to um, not to social media, but to Twitter. Oh, you are. Yeah, I am, mm-hmm. and I find this, this is actually um, an very... intervention. <laughs> this whole podcast, <laughs> this, this whole podcast is yeah, it's like tr- yeah. trying to get Kevin off Twitter for a couple hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just because it's such an easy outlet for me, and I feel like I I can have Let's fun. Just, oh, lads! Richard Schiff just got killed in my. I know. In the minute silence was, for Richard Schiff. Uh, yeah, they, and they ripped his leg off. Oh my god! It was pretty cool. And when the thing came crashing down around them, like I just think the sure it's no Mission Impossible Fallout. That's all I'll say. <laughs> CG. But like just. The whole film is full of these slick moments of luck, and you know, at a certain point, it becomes a bit beyond. Would the lads beneath her like be looking up and saying, "Would you fucking move? Would you move?" <laughs> yeah, like that's really difficult to pull yourself up a rope like that. That's I'm hanging on to a wet, slippery yeah. rope, and yeah. I've got a fella that's six foot four in front of me, and yeah. <laughs> his boots are on my shoulder. Fucking move. Yeah. And it's like 15 minutes in, so the adrenaline rush is like draining. Too. Oh, long gone. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever been in a scrap, your adrenaline goes in about 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> One, two punches, and it's like, <sighs> it's all right, can we stop? We've made the Do point. Do you concede? <laughs> Do you give up, sir? <laughs> this might be one of the least... Um, commentary commentaries we've done where we're not actually talking about the actual film that's on screen Wait, well we've talked about what's that the bad guy is that guy yeah. behind there behind the Marlboro Man and in between yeah. the bad guy is that the guy from Iron Man who saves Tony Stark oh it is day? it is yeah is it I, I th- wow. well remember no I don't see wow. cars, so. <laughs> mind blown <laughs> <laughs> that's the character and that's a character from the in the deleted scene that comes and recruits him to do the job in the first place oh no way Good. he mm-hmm. does have that feel throughout that like there's a character there because he does talk to him later on in a way that you feel there's a bond there between him but it doesn't really have any it hasn't earned itself 
Oh, hold on a second. That's the guy I know. No way. <laughs> That's the guy. Ah, for yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah, because he's 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 wearing he's browned up. He's not actually Indian. Oh like my he's, God. Yeah, yeah. There was an Indian Holy guy shit. that they wanted to use, but his passport or his visa couldn't get cleared. And Are you serious? Jason. Yeah, good? I know him. No, I'm not joking. It's Harvey Jason. No, no, not you, Dave. Is, did that yeah. really happen? He didn't have a... Yeah, okay. Not this wow. guy, but happen? some other guy who's lost oh, to obscurity. So but wait I, a second, Will. Your friend is in Brownface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, like we're not like personal friends, but like I, I know him and he m- m- knows me and I know his son. But he is, right? How I know him is this. But you're not friends. <laughs> but like when you were acquaintances, right? He has a on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. Uh, the day of, uh, I went over to the, the, the Cartoon Saloon lads for um, The Secret of Kells when they were nominated for an Oscar. And the day they were, like, the day of the Oscars, I went, they were all getting dolled up and I went for a walk down Sunset Boulevard. Uh, went by the Viper Club, where the the infamous place, club owned by Johnny Depp, where Phoenix, Phoenix died. Down the alley beside it, down a small little pokey little alley, come, there's an open area and there's another building behind it, hidden down there. And it's a bookshop called Mystery Peer Bookshop, right? And I went, oh, wow. how cool is this? And I opened the door and it was, you know, a bookshop, but it was a really pokey, cool one. And uh, no one in it. And I'm start looking around and it's all first edition stuff. And he comes out and I spend two hours inside there. Like amazing. Like he just took me around the place. He has old scripts. He had a script from... Um, is it uh, his Char- bookshop? It's his bookshop, yeah. He's, oh, a, wow. he's, a, rare, he's a rare book dealer. Wow. And uh, he had like old screenplays. He brought out a Charlie Chaplin sc- and uh, uh, annotated Charlie Chaplin screenplay from one of his last screenplays that he wrote that he wanted to get done. And he's got little um, storyboards drawn on the margins and stuff like that. Okay, and uh, he's Chaplin film. Oh yeah, it's an unproduced Chaplin right. film. Yeah, and uh, he was such a lovely man. And I was about to leave. He told me all different stories about celebrities. But anyway, as I was leaving, I was like going, I got to buy a book. And I said, I got to buy something off you. I've been here. Like, it's a place where there's no price tags. And he said, no, you don't. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll buy a book. He says, no, no, no. You don't need to buy a book. These are all incredibly expensive. And um, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, he, but he left. But I, I walked out with a bag of stuff. He gave me like books and he gave what? me all different sorts of things like, you know, my God. And, and I was back there. I've been back there a couple of times and he's been as lovely as ever. I bet you if I lovely went to guy. that bookshop, he would have followed me around watching me to see where my hands went. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have kept the door open the entire time and he would have stood wow. by the door and not said anything. And you would have slightly yeah. hated him for starting the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. <laughs> He's a lovely man, lovely man. That's an amazing story. And I was into him like uh, a couple of times since, and I had a similar experience. I walked out. I've got a first edition of a of a, of a book over there that he gave me. Um, which, yeah, uh, an atlas. No, it's it's actually anyway. <laughs> That's amazing. Mystery Pier Bookshop. If you're ever in Los Angeles, Sunset Boulevard, behind the Viper Room, Mystery Pier Bookshop. It's a class little bookshop. Go in there and be lost for a couple of hours. And that's him in brown face. <laughs> Used to call it Will Collins for 10% off. <laughs> 10% off a $10,000 a $10, book. <laughs> <laughs> when he said, no, you don't, did he look you up and down? <laughs> I, yeah, he knew by my attire. But, like, but also he said, like there was one day he had a, a, a homeless lady walk into the shop and 
he was like like me saying, uh, darling, you know, what can I do to help you? And she says, I'm here to buy books. And he went, oh, no, darling, you don't need to buy any books here. And she says, no, no, I'm here to buy fucking books. And she bought books. She said she was a multi, multi-millionaire. But she just looked like a homeless woman. She homeless. She looked like a homeless woman. That was the way she was all dressed. Right. Okay. Which meant I look like a homeless person. <laughs> he treats all homeless people the same way. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, and all these books, are they, are they all your books then? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did he offer that story right after you looked at my book? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I had a tramp come in here once and I looked at them and said, nah. <laughs> but by pure coincidence, his son was doing publicity for uh, Cartoon Saloon at that. And it was by no pure coincidence. And I had actually been around town with his son like that week. And I randomly walked into the shop and I was like, it was his dad who owned the shop. It was complete randomness. That's amazing. Yeah. I love stories like that. He talked about Johnny Depp going in directly. Well, that makes sense. His club is around the corner. Yeah, that would make sense. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this does not look like Costa Rica. No, I was shot in California. Has to be. Yeah, that's the San Francisco woods, isn't it? I yeah. I, I have to say, lads, I've not been paying attention about people moving left or right, but he's now moving right to left. So that's the wrong way to be going. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to do something so. wrong. He's going to shite. Yeah, he's moving right to left the whole way, isn't he? He's moving right to left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very big gun to, to be taken with you. I'm telling you, this film is basically an Aliens remake. That's what this film is. Which character would he be? Uh, Hicks. No, not Hicks. Hudson. <laughs> See, they just did it there again. They did an extreme close-up on a compi and made you for a very brief second think it was a raptor. Mm-hmm. And then revealed it's those little ferret fuckers. What's your ranking of the Jurassic Park films? <laughs> they just get progressively worse. Oh, no. The 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 third one is the worst, isn't it? Oh, God. This, yeah. We're having this conversation again. Mm-hmm. The third one for me yeah. is the second best. Dave's right. I, have, I haven't seen it in about 20 years, but... Well, then, I, I don't remember just go thing. by me. No, Dave's right. I won't, I won't send you wrong. Yeah. I saw it a couple of years ago. I saw it when my son Part was... Part three is number two. Going through it. <laughs> Sorry, let's. What's your time code? I accidentally knocked mine off there. Go on, Kevin. What's your uh, one fourteen? Is it still one fourteen? One fourteen. Yes. What? One fourteen fifty six fifty seven fifty eight fifty nine one fifteen. I'm looking at Peter Stormare wandering further and further and further off screen. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the guy eating the snack. I don't know why this isn't the whole podcast, but what, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> when we were doing the Princess Bride commentary, we were watching it on two different uh, mediums. I, I was watching it, or formats. I was watching it on a Blu-ray, and he was watching it on a DVD. And we learned the hard way <laughs> that DVD runtimes run way slower than Blu-rays. No, faster. So, faster. Mm. So I was about four minutes behind Will. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Why did they run faster? Does it? I think it had to do with the PAL and HDSC. Yeah, there's a, there's a fr- it's a different frame oh, rate. There's like yeah. one frame extra a second in PAL. 
And oh, look at the lip. Oh, my God. One eating, biting his lip. Oh, that's rough. So, yeah. So when you add up one frame a, sec- uh, a second over the course of five minutes, that's about five seconds extra, you know, or five seconds yeah. shorter. On the first uh, student feature I made years ago, produced it. It was so bad that, like, when we finally cut it together, it was like fifty nine, fifty five, or something. So we changed the frame rate so that it'd be a feature length film, so that it could uh-huh. still go into festivals. Uh, no way! And clever, clever, what, clever. Uh, what no, length did, did you get more. when you changed it? Uh, it's something like one hundred four or something like that. Oh, it, there it you definitely go. Just That's about right. About five minutes. Yeah. yeah. It was worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the crushing realization when I made my first student film that I was not cut out to be a director <laughs> uh, because all my ideas that I had in my head, there was just no way to execute them without having an amazing crew with you and a lot of money. And I realized, oh, it's a lot easier to just write this stuff mm-hmm. because then <laughs> the imagination does all the hard work. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Would you not think about doing it again? Not at this, not at my age. No, no, definitely not. I think you have to build up, um, uh, you have to build up a rolodex of great contacts, and to start from this period, it's just not going to happen. And I'm fine with that. You said I'm too old. I'm too old now. <laughs> start. You've already made a film. What are you talking about? But just with my nephew. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a legitimate yeah, film. A I don't know what you're talking about. I'm already messing. I'm already messing. Yeah. Now these look just stuck on, like you know, the the pound shop. Right. <laughs> Little uh, dinosaurs that you glue onto you. But yeah. the thing about it is the mix of the CG and the the practical copies. I think it works. The the, the effect overall effect is effective because uh i yeah I, I feel worried for him i feel he's he's fucked i thought they were very clever i just think they should rip him apart do it on camera it would have been cool to see him get absolutely destroyed i'd love it but look at the effect here where you just see the blood that's such a i think that is such a spielberg clever spielberg uh, yeah. device there rather than showing it being ripped apart you just go oh is that cgi blood <laughs> no, that would have been food coloring or something. I don't know. Because CGI splatter and all that. No, it's real. I mean, I'm saying all this as if I actually know. <laughs> Everything was very expensive to do in CG back then. Everything. They didn't really do blood. Once, Remember when they started to figure out blood? We saw blood in all every sort of action film. And it yeah. looked really crap. Blade. Uh, yeah. Blade movies. Was the Blade one the first one to do it? I think it's definitely so. the one I'm thinking of when you, the minute you said that I went straight to blade blood splatter yeah. yeah and it's just like oh god when you see that CG blood it's off and the invisible man with Kevin Bacon oh god oh, yeah. yeah 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 but you know what else uh, that made it harder to get good special effects Jurassic Park started off and it was like they had everybody working on that film yeah. so it was everyone was focused on that and then when that was a huge success all these other films wanted VFX houses to work on them. And there just wasn't enough talented, qualified people and enough time and resources to go around. So you had an entire industry of like special effects artists that were not being called upon and a whole new burgeoning visual effects 
uh, industry that had to start up. And so CG effects got really bad for for a good number of years after Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh God! Look at look how long it took them to get human human CG characters right. Like oh, the rubbery human CG stuff we had to go through for They're a long decade. They still haven't got yeah. right. Yeah, they still haven't gotten them right. They're yeah. still terrible. Very rubbery and better. Like the Carrie Iron Man looks good. Yeah, it does. But um, Carrie Fisher in Rogue One was it Rogue One? Is oh the one yeah, the- yeah, the end one, de-aged CG. Yeah. Although the the Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian looked pretty slick. Like, yeah, but that probably could have been like repurposed footage, which they just did that face it, swap type thing. It was deep faked on Sebastian Stan, I think. Essentially a deep Oh, oh Sebastian Stan plays Luke in that scene. Is yeah. that what it was? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And then they Are you got, sure? Yeah. And they got um they used like a vocal AI thing to replicate uh, Mark Hamill. You're it's, talking shite. I'm absolutely not talking shite. Oh my I, god! I will really? Do you for slander? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, what's the name? Roblox? No, Roblox. Um, gonna... Podbot. Yeah, <laughs> Podbot did it. Um, yeah, it was definitely Sebastian Stan. I had no idea, but I tell you what, I. That's one of the things that I think is kind of magical, though, is the, um, the, what is it called? The the dome thing that they do, the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, that's the 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 background. What's it called? Yeah, what's it called? Unreal Engine with the... Oh, yeah, the live live backgrounds where it it looks... The volume. The cinema magic thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think so. Because you can walk around that and you can feel like you're transported somewhere Mm -hmm. else. And there was a few moments in A New Hope that felt like that. Like the bread specifically. Remember that little bread package that she put in the water? And the Oh, you mean The Force Awakens? Came. That's what you're talking about. Not Sorry, The Force Awakens, yeah. 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 Oh, it was amazing how they did that as well. It was like a balloon thing that they just yeah, blew up. Yeah, with a vacuum oh. thing underneath or something. Yeah. yeah. No way. But things like that are starting to kind of reemerge and make it a little bit better. Did you enjoy those Star Wars sequels? Uh, yeah, I liked it grand. I didn't like the last one at all. I can't remember any of it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I remember one shot like that was uh, like a space ice city that looked kind of cool. <laughs> I can't, that's all I remember of it. Jeez, I don't even I remember, don't remember that. that either. <laughs> I, and I saw it twice. Look at this T Rex. Pretty shit. So. His head in the, the tent. This, this, this is, is going to be one of these moments, Will, yeah. where it, they probably sketched this out and said, We've got to have a moment like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's so spectacular. It's not the word. Yeah, that's the word we use. You've been a lot. listening, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is like that's. Look at that! Like the teeth coming up to the kid. Like it's nerve wracking. Do you wish dinosaurs existed? They did exist, but uh, they're extinct now, and I'm glad it's that way. I like crocodiles. If there was a load more crocodiles, like crocodiles that were like 35 foot tall, oh, Jesus Christ. I think that'd be great, gas. Great crack. I don't think you'd find that as much fun as you think you would. <laughs> I'd enjoy it, to be honest. I'd be watching all the videos on YouTube. Oh, look at this. A load of, <laughs> a load of fellas in Nepal have just been eaten. <laughs> it's never going to happen to me. I'm having fun. <laughs> 
Isn't isn't it a great? Ireland has no dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all we have is inclement weather. That's it. We used to have loads. We used to be in the tropical, uh, quite a lot of yes. tropical cancer. Uh, That's right. We yeah. Go to the coal museum. We'll, we'll be heading back there within our lifetimes, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> Pangea is going to reform. (laughs) (laughs) Climate change is going to hit us hard. We're going to be all in our 70s and just like batting away mosquitoes and saying like, fucking hell, back in my day. We still won't be pissing down cancer. (laughs) We'll still be geographically exactly where we are in our sitting rooms talking to each other on Skype. Skype. That's still 2017. It is. Well, we still use it. The. when the the T-Rex charges into the camp that well obviously was in the camp but when he's when he actually splatters one of the one of the hunters <laughs> and took several steps right. with the hunters no that was actually good CG that's cool that actually yeah, worked pretty yeah. well it's very King Kong uh, yeah yeah it really is but this is like I watched this the other day and I still forgot that this sequence is in it <laughs> when I <laughs> Isn't that the thing about this film? I've not seen this yeah. film in probably twenty years. Do you, know, do you know what another? Why I th- really? Mm. Oh right. I think a big, I, I think an issue with this film is that it its geography is so similar to whole, for too much of the film. The topography, yeah. like they're in yes. jungle, yeah, the whole yeah. way through. Yeah, there's a difference between night and day, but it's dark all the time, and there's no kind of. There's no sense of progression. It feels like you're just stuck in this quagmire the whole time until they actually finally get out to uh, San Diego. And I find that's fun. That's like, that's oh, this when is it a- comes alive and you feel like, mm. no, this is what the movie should be. Yeah, but that was the last minute change as well. Yeah. That was the last minute change because the original ending from right was just them escaping via paraglider, I think. That was it. That was going to be the third film. Or that was oh, going to be the okay. premise for the third film. Okay. That's a great film, the third film. No, it's not given. What you... <laughs> yeah. What's your thoughts on the new ones? I don't like them. I no? don't mind them. I don't mind them. My son's a huge fan. You see, it's Will's son likes them, so I don't like them at all. I just... <laughs> you hate Will's son. <laughs> you get jealous of Will's son. Yeah. Now here, look. Here's a cool. No, this is another standout scene where they're yeah. running through the tall grass. This is brilliant. Like, there's my buddy. This is great. Of all the sequences, this one feels Mr. like it belong in the first film the most. Yeah. This also feels like. Yeah. Ooh, but this also feels like what James Cameron would have done with Jurassic Park. Yeah. This is scary. This is like hyenas yeah. after you. Very inventive. Very cool. So you're just seeing the trails moving through the grass of all the hunters as they're fleeing. I wish it was longer. And this is the first time the Velociraptors come back, right? In this one. Yeah. That's right, we haven't seen them yet, yeah. yeah. And now, oh, that's so cool. You just see the lines it of them. Is, like, that's like, like missiles yeah. going through, uh, heading towards... Yeah, little oh, torpedoes. Cool. Yeah, torpedoes. <laughs> and you just know that was a bunch of like 40-year-old fellas like, whipping big rubber tails. <laughs> <laughs> Action! It does look like a fun scene to shoot. Yeah, Yeah. it does definitely. And they're going left or right to left. They're all going to die. Right, going left. Oh yeah, yeah. But they, but now they were going. Jeff Goldblum is going. But now Jeff Goldblum is going left to right, which is the is the is the correct way. There's a really weird 
cut yeah. that's coming up here. It's not a cut, but it's a really weird transition um, where Julianne Moore falls and she ends up in an entirely different location. <laughs> no. she's, she's had to set a boogie man. Boogie nights. Go, as fa- go as fast as you can. She ends up in the, the big Lebowski sort of like dream sequence. Thing. It's like a TikTok cut. No, it's this. It's they're running and they they sort of slip into a sort of a, a little ravine thing. And watch the cut now that's coming up with, with Julianne Moore where it cuts to her and they lift her up. Here, it's coming right here now. For someone who okay. hasn't seen this in 25 years, that's a very... No, but look, this is... I remember it because it was always so weird to me. Yeah. Watch. She's going on the slide. Great crack. Wait, it... This unless bit? I'm misremembering. Unless I'm misremembering. Oh, no, it must be somewhere else then. It's a different film, Kevin. I think I know what you're talking about, <laughs> and it's coming up shortly, and it's what I'm talking about with the slick look kind of sequence stuff that keeps happening. Sure. Is this the one with the uh, the dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even yeah, right here, and I don't know, this does definitely feel like they're on a set. Like, it was a clear, like, they were in the they were in on location, and now they're on a set. And yeah, it, it feels very designed. Like, someone going, wouldn't it be cool if there were bones everywhere? And it's like, yeah, yeah, let's put more bones in here. Yeah. But this is um, what I... I would have loved this film a lot more, and it was why I particularly originally really liked Jurassic World was the callbacks to the first film. So if this yeah. was the actual uh, foyer... Sorry, that was a great shot as well, going from one location yeah. to another. <laughs> I would have been into this. But um, this was all like a totally different island that we never knew about, and we're getting to see it in this condition. And it's like, I'm t- it just feels like you, you're not doing what you should have done, which is this should be the original location from the first film. Can I ask you? I'm confused by this by this stuff. See this? He's in this uh, like center, right? That's Jurassic yeah. Park. And I'm like going, this is they did. Were they building this separate island with yeah almost an identical tourist center? Yep. And, okay, right, right. Which doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And make what's any sense. what's particularly frustrating about it is that the third one also goes back to this island. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't go back to the first one. It's not until Jurassic World where we get to see a functioning version of um, Island Nublar. And then you get all the callbacks to um, the first film. But yeah, I really liked Jurassic World when I first saw it, particularly because I was so sort of like fed up of Marvel superhero movies. And to go and see a big monster movie on the screen where it was dinosaurs eating people. And I just absolutely loved it. And then very quickly it started to fade where it just started to look more garish and more dumb and uh, cynical and sort of like very corporate and now I I think it's a a pretty poor imitation of the first film I love the second one I have another thing to add to it go ahead the um, the because Spielberg they had such a bad time shooting on Hawaii for the first one like um they didn't want to go back there because remember they were hit by they were hit by an actual tropical storm right. and yeah. they destroyed sets and all this sort of stuff and Spielberg just um, and I think they, I think oh, if you watch that Netflix show on how they about making movies you love and stuff like that mm. um, like that Vox Poppy show it's kind of they talk about it there but he didn't want to go back to the Hawaii movies that, that. The movies, movies that, that made, made us. me or something like, yeah made us yeah yeah good show uh, yeah I enjoy it. it's fun 
Um, not as good as our podcast, but anyway. Um... <laughs> well, they did cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hence, that's why we're seeing the big redwoods and all that, and this feeling that it's that oh, this the locations don't feel right. It just doesn't feel as the same texture. As it's one of my it's one of my least favorite things uh, in some films when I notice it is feeling the budget on screen, feeling the yeah. constraints where it's like, I can tell that you had a better idea of this on paper and you couldn't pull it off for a multitude of reasons. But when you're aware of corporate choices and budgetary decisions, it sort of just makes the whole thing feel, it doesn't feel magical anymore. It just feels like it's a, it's an exercise in, um, frugality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I well said, oh, well said, thank you. How is she not dead? Okay, so in, my, what I, in the version I'm watching, the raptor has jumped on the back. This of part I hate as well. Jeff Goldblum does not in here. Like, it's like he's the hero in this film, and here he is, like standing behind. He's putting his daughter between him and a dinosaur. Yeah. Like, it's very good point. It's, he just stood there and froze. And I, oh, I remember the moment that I was uh, bumping up against. Uh, it, it's the very, very end. Julianne Moore falls directly in front of the camera and she gets helped up. And it's when they're getting rescued. So it's, okay. it wasn't when I was saying it about the grass. It's at the very, very end. But I'll point it out when it comes up. Yeah, I anyway. think that's what I'm talking about. It's the sequence of slick look that's just too much. And it's like everything just comes yeah. together very nicely. Too nicely. This is silly. Why would you do that? But I mean, it's fun as well. And here as well, like this, this is a real Spielbergy kind of thing. Like it's Spielberg humor, and it's funny, but it's also it takes you out a moment a bit. That whole. But does door. doesn't this feel like the climax of the film? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of backed into the corner. It's them versus the Raptors. Yeah, it feels like this is where you're going to get off the island. It's like and the like, first film again, but it's being. Jeff Goldblum in the position that Alan was. And the last act Mm -hmm. of, or the last act, the San Diego bit, is all just uh, Jeff Goldblum and Julianne Moore. None of the other characters that we can follow in. Yeah, it does feel like it was added in late. Yeah. Although this is a good sequence. The set pieces themselves are really, you know, intricate and clever. Is this the second film he made with Janusz Kaminski? Is it Janusz? He did Schindler's List. Schindler's List. And this. Yeah, because he took a big break after Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. He took four years of break and this was the next film he did. Yeah. Because he did those two back to back. And so, yeah. I'd love to know what their relationship was, their working relationship, because he must have felt like he'd found uh, the perfect collaborator for him because he's worked with him consistently now for nearly 30 years. Is he still shooting his films? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's done every single film. It's like wow. the same thing with him and John Williams. So he, he worked at a lot of other DPs. Then he found Janusz Kaminski and it was like, yep, me and you, let's And I go. think it's it's not just those. I think it, a lot of his crew are the exact same for all his films. A lot of his key crew, he has got the same kind of like gaffers and stuff like that that just come back in. And it's like a family, I think, at this stage. Same storyboard artist as well. Dave Lowry. Mm, there you go. You'd feel shit his, if you what got was his name, Dave? Dave Lowry. Dave Lowry. Oh, yeah. You'd feel shit if you got to work with him and then you... <laughs> never going to ask about me? Why didn't, why didn't he like me? He's done six films with that other fucker yeah. and it's like... 
Honestly. He did a classic. Or, or worse, you do he two films with him and then no more. It's like, what do they yeah. do? God. It was that morning when I said, Stephen, for fuck's sake, we can't do 65 setups before lunch. He's like, <laughs> okay. And then never get to work with him ever again. Yeah. <laughs> You're Here going up go. to Kathleen Kennedy saying, that raptor what happened? Is something I said. Now we've got her, the daughter's superpower, which really is the highlight of this film. <laughs> Gymnastics. Gymnastics. But listen, Every- this annoyed the piss out of a lot of fanboys. It didn't bother me that much at all. It's just silly. It's silly, it's just- but it's like uh, the way that people reacted at the time was like, this is outrageous. What, the kick? or? Yeah, or it was what? like a girl defeats... A Velociraptor with gymnastics. It's like it's a Steven Spielberg movie. I think. I think this it's quick pisses the, me off more. <laughs> what, cut what, you from the team. <laughs> it's like now is not the time to be witty, Jeff Goldblum. You're surrounded yeah. by Velociraptors. Again, it was the, such a '90s thing. It's Take such it a serious. 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it was like let's we, we gotta get we gotta get in that uh, sarcastic quip. And right, here comes. This is another cool sequence. Oh yeah, actually, this is a good sequence. There's so many great moments. Like, there is a lot of really, really good action, tense moments. But there is overall, it's meh. <laughs> Which is why I kind of love it as well, because you can talk shit about, you know, producers. We're watching the moment on the rooftop. Try to film We're watching the moment on the rooftop where Julianne Moore is pulling the slate tiles, and she's cornered by two raptors. Just for those listening along, it's cool. Like the way that styles are falling down, that's cool. I like that. That's 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 inventive. That'll do, Spielberg. That'll do. Yeah. But I going back to which I do think it's the the the, the literal darkness of this film. Just the, the whole the aesthetic of it. Just just yeah. If this was all taking place during the daytime, it would feel very. This is the moment. Watch, boom, out the window. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that look, cut there. This yeah. bit. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about as well. This is almost oh, like from yeah. Hook. Like, <laughs> it is, yeah. Nice. So and then the Julian helicopter. And this is the last time we see Vince Vaughn for no reason. Like, <gasps> That's right. His character just vanishes. Yeah. Like, and so does Kelly. Kelly comes back at the, the very end. Kelly's the only Sleep other on character whose name I remember. And Sarah Harding because Vince Vaughn is like, Sarah Harding! Sarah Harding! And... Uh, <laughs> Sarah's my favourite. <laughs> uh, yeah. But if all those sequences that we saw were taking place in daylight, it would feel a lot more like bouncy and fun. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd say it might have been a CG consideration. Oh, oh no, that that was in the, one of the documentaries I watched today. They said that was a case because... If they had lit it, he knew from the first one that everyone had seen, wanted to see what dinosaurs looked like. They got to see it, and now they didn't have to do that. So it actually was cheaper uh, to do it at night. You didn't have to light them and make them render, uh, make random ah. material. So it's it's cheaper to do it at night, basically. Huh. A lot of darkness means there's less things to pixelate. And he put up his Wait. own money for this too, right? Did he really? What? This was the first time he went out on his own. After all those other, no days. way. Which is another. So reason this is why. like a. Sorry, this bit here 
is fucking ridiculous. I have no head. He comes up and he's like some Dickensian character. And he's like, why are you so glum? You just killed the biggest dinosaur in the world. And, like, <laughs> and it, like, it makes no sense why he's talking to him like that. Like, Cheer up, mate. <laughs> have you ever, have you, there was a thing that was going around um, amongst some of my friends of a, a report about Spielberg's yacht. His personal yacht that he has, and it's it's like something out of um, a fantasy film. It's massive. It's got its own cinema, like a proper cinema. It it's like the size of a cruise ship. And it's to be honest, with you, I, I would be disappointed yacht. if it didn't have a cinema on it. Yeah, I would be yeah, disappointed. It's the scale and it's the opulence. He's like the the the, the yacht itself is hundreds of millions. Oh Jesus cost. Christ! He's got more money than you could fathom. Well, think about what he's, he's a billionaire, a multiple billionaire. This film, like Dream, is it DreamWorks? Yeah, DreamWorks. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've made some of the, the biggest films and TV shows in the past thirty years. You'd expect him to be What's a multi-billionaire. Kind of. If he wasn't, yeah. it'd be weird. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. Yeah, but it, it's like it's strange when you see how the other people live. It's like, yeah. oh my god, Jesus! How can you relate to reality? He probably has about twenty-two assistants. Mm-hmm. He'd never have to do anything for himself. He'd never have to like toast his own bread. His assistants probably have assistants. <laughs> I would. It's true. I would almost yeah. guarantee that they do. Mm-hmm. But like, he still makes great films. This is the thing. It's yeah. like he throughout it all, he is still he's still one of my favorite filmmakers, and he always will be one of my favorite filmmakers. And he's he's um, he's gifted and fair fucks to him. That's yeah. what I say. No, he's amazing. West Side Story looks quite good. Uh, you know, I haven't. Se- I've never seen the original. So I've only watched half of it, to be honest with you. I've only seen snippets of the original, but it's just the photography. It's the way that he's shooting those sequences. It just looks like cinema. Yeah. This is a very strange sequence, though, because they're waiting at the dock for a ship to come in. And I don't know what's happened on the ship. Is it that Raptors got on, they killed all the crew, and then the ship ship took off. That was... And all the Raptors jumped overboard. That was in the scene that was cut or something. But um, but what I don't get is like why all the news reporters are dressed like cops. They all look like detectives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's it. You're questioning them. Yeah. What, what about all those people that uh, on that island that you went with? Yeah. Um, <laughs> why, so many people want you to ask them questions. They actually have to do a press conference. Like yeah. so many detective <laughs> agencies. Like, why have a big co- uh, press conference if you're not going to at least call the ship and see if everything's all right. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why wait till the last minute? Like, it's just... It's yeah. always strange in movies when journalists all gather around and they, they create this gaggle and they're all like, uh, sir, sir, do you have any comments? Sir, sir, sir. And they're all shouting at the same time. It's like, that's not the way any journalist would behave because nobody's going to actually get anything on the record because they can't hear each other. Yeah. It's such a movie trope. But anyway. Yeah, so all the raptors ate everybody and then jumped off the ship. Yeah, but okay. I, I think that that kind of storyline is lost and we're supposed to accept that the dinosaur, the T-Rex did it. I'm just not believing the uh, the line that Spielberg's spinning here. 
or or the T Rex is piloting the boat. <laughs> There's little Henry Cavill arms. <laughs> I don't see where you. I just think he's got a huge torso, and uh, it just makes his arms look extra too big. He can't bring them in. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. He's he's just out of proportion because of his 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 muscle mass. The fantastic, fantastic. Oh, that's that a cool jacket. shot when we see the book coming in. I preferred it in Speed too. I prefer it. Surely you've seen this sequence. Do you remember the rise of the Titanic? Oh. Isn't that kind of the sequence from that as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the uh, the Titanic in Ghostbusters 2? Maybe that's um, what I think. It docks. Actually. Yeah. It docks, and they're like, uh, the Titanic just parked up. <laughs> All of New York is getting overrun with ghosts. Okay. Happy days. So the boat has, has carefully... And delicately it's a ship. docked. That's not a boat. The ship has carefully docked. <laughs> the yacht. And <laughs> Spielberg yacht. Spielberg spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. All aboard, lads. Let's have a fan out. Let's have a look. This is the boat from the dinosaur island. <laughs> I'd advise everyone, because we've got a, a serious mosquito infection, everyone rub yourself with baking oil or um, some sort of <laughs> duck fat. Just... <laughs> Jimmy, are you wearing links? Get the hell off this ship. You'll <laughs> get us all killed. This is a clunky line. They're all over the place. Like, why not just say they're everywhere? True. And how would the T Rex get its head in that door? Destroy them. Persistence. <laughs> Yoga. Also, Yoga. how does the T Rex reach the the that door. It's an He's st- in a sort of like a pit. Yeah. They needed to keep that scene in. Why did they? Why did they just leave the hands? They ate everybody except the hands. There's no meat in hands. There's no, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's no fat. But, but they ate the feet. And and like, did we just didn't beans. Come here, lads. There's there's fierce there's fierce meat in these crubines. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many calories, calories in the fingernails. <laughs> That's the third one. Dinosaurs talk in the third one. Do they? <laughs> yeah. There's a moment where Alan, oh. Alan oh, is no. uh, asleep on the on the plane, and he has a nightmare. And a raptor looks at him, and goes like, yeah, "Oh yeah, Alan." Awesome. <laughs> do you it's actually true. really like the turtle? I do really like it. I think it's got, it's economical. <laughs> it's straight ahead. It's not as convoluted. This film has got too many elbows. It really does. And um, it's got bad dinosaurs. It's got crappy looking. No, dinosaurs. it does not. The dinosaurs look class in the third one. <laughs> it's got yeah. it's got pterodactyls. The only thing I didn't like is Tail Leone keeps screaming like like a banshee in the whole film. Saki, was it um, the what was the name? Yeah, of it? Looks like a Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus looks really poor in them um, in the third one. He's better than Thomas's Rex. No, he's, oh, Kevin, you have to watch it again. Just watch it again. I refuse. I think the T-Rex looks a lot like the T-Rex from Toy Story here. He does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just reminding me of Mission Impossible Fallout. It's so cool, though. Like, it's great it being in San Diego. It's a great hero shot just there. That's like that's a post, that's a, yeah. a trailer moment right there. That's 
you, you, you could sell a film on that image alone. Uh, it's the real callback to King Kong as well, like the the last time. Yeah. Yes. 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 Which is also a bit like this. Like, if they don't have to film, if they don't have to film on the island and have to film in San Diego, I think. Well, okay, I'm just saying it would be more pleasing. I think it'd be more memorable. Yeah, I'd say if they did all the film in San Diego, it'd be amazing. Be over a bit quicker though. They just like nuke it or something. No, if you if you look at Cloverfield. Yeah, if but- you got if you've got like about. I'd say, we'll say we, we need 200 raptors to let 200 raptors loose in the city. We need 200 raptors. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what else do you need? What else do you need? Tell me I'll get fear. Come on, come on. Half a dozen T-Rex. Half a dozen T-Rex. Great, stop this. Go on. What else do you need? And uh, we'll, uh, we need a, a ton of compies. <laughs> ton of compies. Sort And you know what? Because you're so loud, I'll throw in a few stegosaurus as well, all right? Grand job. That's a movie. We're, we're, we're ready. We're cooking with gas. I'd watch it. That's the trailer right there as well. This is but so this cool. note to me, this note is the movie's coming alive. This is yes. a whole other aesthetic. It's colourful. It's fun. It's Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah. He's smashing into the back, into the And he's the eight dogs. Yeah. It's brilliant. Ate the whole dog. It's very cool. Spielberg loves having dogs getting eaten. What other film that happen? did that happen? Jaws. To? Yeah, it's okay. Pippet. Here, Pippet. Pippet. <laughs> See, there you go. Such a great shot. It is classic it is Spielberg. Cool. Yeah. That's like the kid from Daryl, it looks like. See, Spielberg, when, he, when, he, when he's invested and he's invigorated, like this is obviously something that he wanted to do because it excited him. Yeah. And you can feel it in the... I, I'm being serious. <clears throat> I know. I love that. I love this moment where the kid just casually walks down, walks into his parents' bedroom. It's fucking priceless. Yeah. I love it. The way the dogs drag. Poor dog. Oh my god! Don't do that. Yeah. This should have been the film. It should have been the film. Like it's ten minutes, and there's the most memorable stuff in the whole film is here. Well, and absolutely. that and the the trailer thing. Yeah. Absolutely. There's also a, a bit of a John Hughes kind of vibe off the sequence too. Or Home Alone. Yeah, pushing the parents. Yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah, you're absolutely right. it, The film is alive right now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We've never met these characters before now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just, I'm just with them. I don't give a shit. This yeah. is fun. I'm here. I totally, this is the movie for me. When, when we said we were going to do The Lost World, the only thing I was looking forward to was this moment, these sequence. Okay, like it's so brutal that poor dog, and you're just chuckling away, and it's like. <laughs> but you know what? What how that moment? Why that moment doesn't feel terrible? It's because the kid isn't upset. The kid's still like going, "This is brilliant." <laughs> That's a really good observation, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's all about how the. You know, listen, from having written a few kid protagonist movies, it's always about how the kid reacts to the to the to the moment. Rotterdam. And we got a cool car. Yes. Jeff Goblin got one of these as a comp as well, and he still uses it as his personal car. My God. No way. Yeah. You're coming with the facts tonight, Dave Minogue. Read, Glad you're here. Read the bottom half of the internet. <laughs> All the oh, trivia. Yeah. This <laughs> line, or no, 
this isn't one of the lines that annoyed me. This does annoy me, but not as much as like mommy's angry, which we talked over earlier on. Which really annoyed me. <laughs> it's like how did that get past everyone? Mommy's really angry. <laughs> Looks like mommy's angry. <laughs> Just dirty talk really. <laughs> This sequence. How here. much do you think a baby T Rex weighs? Because she's carrying that like it's styrofoam. Oh, yeah. It's full of muscle. So it's very heavy. I'd say it probably weighs like a like a, a small cow. Yeah. yeah. I think you nailed it there. I think they're called calves. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're called mini cows, you idiot. <laughs> Look at a mini cow. <laughs> a cowette. Another. <laughs> a cowling. <laughs> it's just so cool the way the fucking car launches up and it's just them just reversing all the way it's so much fun it's yeah. brilliant it's <laughs> yeah. the movie should have been this lads I, yeah. I don't know if I've said it already but this is what the movie should be and it looks like the T-Rex is having fun too it's not just it like <laughs> trying to eat everyone that's what you want yeah. you want your dinosaurs enjoying the crack yeah they're out I'm not lying. I did honestly feel the T Rex was phoning it in Luke, when he was on the island. I do. Boarded all the no, trees. But did you see the Did you see the posters in the blockbuster? King Lear. They had Schwarzenegger with King yeah. Lear. Tsunami source. Is it or starring Tom Hanks? Tsunami surprise. Tsunami Sorry, Tom surprise. Hanks. Yeah. The Japanese running like Godzilla. Oh, Gojira. Yeah. yeah. And I think this guy is one of the the visual effects artists. That was Dave Larry. Oh no. Oh, the storyboard guy. Yeah. Dave has got his facts, his trivia. Dave is putting us to shame. Oh. <laughs> no, he's not. He's been our savior. <laughs> well, like, I think this is the only point we've really actually talked about the film. <laughs> the whole way through. Like, the rest of It's funny when that happens, it's because it's like, oh, the movie's actually interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah. We're engaged because we're we're actually watching this now. We are all, all three of us are watching this film. This has been the thing though about this series of doing these commentaries is the movies cannot bullshit you. They yeah. either work or they don't. So you sit down to watch them and you you find yourself sort of passively just letting it flow of you, or it's like this is cool, this is cool, this is cool, mm-hmm. and you just want to say stuff about it. Like every minute, there's a new idea. There's that really annoyed me. That reaction shot. Sorry. With Jeff Goldblum. Oh, really? It's like completely over the top. and uh, The visual effects in this moment are great as well. Yeah, for something that was probably a last minute addition. Uh, combined with the practical effects of like flipping cars over and all yeah. that stuff. It's too short though. I wanted to go on longer. I forget how it ends. Is it a happy ending? Does he get on a plane and get the hell out of here? My God. Okay, if I have to tell you how it ends... I love this though, the animal Which, control. Oh, they, like, they, they lure it back onto the boat. Yeah. I was hoping Julianne Moore, because she's kind of got a harness on it, that she was going to ride the baby T Rex. <laughs> like Super Mario and uh, what's the dinosaur in that called? Yoshi? The Dino Rider toys. The Dino Rider toys. <laughs> Let's strap some miniguns on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> There was actually a version of one of the Jurassic Park reboot scripts or sequel scripts before Jurassic World, which did actually involve people riding dinosaurs into battle. <laughs> oh, no way. I think that'll be in the next one. I think it was written oh, by a very famous writer as well. Oh, my God. Who was that writer? It was um, 
It was Paddy Jacobski. Oh no, it was the guy that did uh, the Piranha movie. Uh, no, you've really lost me. People out there know who I'm about. Yeah. Uh, okay. Back on to fucking IMDb. Hold on, the film's almost over. Hold on, no. Hold on, the film's almost over. I've seen it before. If you go, if you go on IMDb, it turns the film off for me. <laughs> John Sales. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's an I think so, anyway. Secret yeah, of Ron Innocent. No, what's the other one? North Star or what's the Lone Star? I, I think I might be... I think I'm right about that. But if I'm not, eight who min, cares? Yeah, eight minutes. Look, he's worked across a variety of different genres of films. I I can't find you guys anymore. So, oh, yeah. I'm just... There you are. That looks like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah, it's you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've whittled it down to just Julianne Moore and Dr. Malcolm and... Um, Bad guy. Evil Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. Evil Hammond. <laughs> evil Hammond. <laughs> yeah. I love when layman people sort of make up their own names for characters. They'd be mm-hmm. watching Die Hard and they'd be like, oh, he's after, he's after shooting Die Hard. <laughs> first, first, first name Die, surname Hard. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Hard, your table is ready. <laughs> Die Hard's after jumping off the roof. Fucking hell. People do it, though. It's like the equalizer. Like his <laughs> name is the equalizer, right? <laughs> oh god! This is like a cat feeding, uh, teaching it, or a bird teaching its offspring how to eat. Mm. That's an amazing observation. There, I'm going to cut that as a clip, good man. Well, that- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's the trailer for, for this podcast. <laughs> InGen is such a great company name, a fake company name. I, th- I find that really hard mm. to do, actually, in scripts, is to name fake brands or fake companies. Because you feel compelled to put some sort of sex toy reference in there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I'm all about. That's why this podcast Dildo is comp. called That's why this podcast is called The Best Butts. <laughs> <laughs> I could have went a little uh, more blue with that, but I thought I wouldn't. Or rusty butts. <laughs> the best hits. Nipple. Oh, who took the shot now? Uh, was Sarah it was, if it was his daughter? Yeah. If it was uh, Doctor Malcolm's daughter, I would have been like that. Would have all worked together. If so she was like, has... if she was. Let me finish my joke. If she was cut from this from the shooting team, she could finally kind of come back and take the shot and shoot the dinosaur with the dart. 
Give me the Oscar for best screenwriter right now, please. And then she turns around and high fives Vince Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> no, she drops off the side of the helicopter and does a backflip from the little landing pad. Sounds stupid. Oh. <laughs> this fucking audio commentary is stupid. <laughs> Two hours of fucking. Our podcast is stupid. Lads, yeah. stop. Don't um, beat yeah, it's, like that. I mean, it's, it's a very valuable piece of cultural heritage. Sorry, Kevin. What were you going to say there? I can't remember anymore. I, That's the I reason don't. why I'm always interrupting is because I have abs- I've got the head of a fucking goldfish. <laughs> the, you were saying, Will, in a previous episode that newsreaders... No, Kev, you were saying to the podcast. that uh, newsreaders don't sound like newsreaders in it. And I think this guy absolutely sounds like a newsreader. In this oh, oh, is he an actual one? I think so. He looks familiar. Oh, it's John, it's it's Jim CNN. Seven. So. <laughs> Fake news. I I I always call it sin. <laughs> game. Oh, game. No, but I much prefer watching my favorite news outlet. Sin. Big, <laughs> big news. It's like Sky News. Big news and just sin news. There's Fox News, of course. I like watching. Uh, and in Ireland, we've got writ. Writ. <laughs> Sixon, Sixon, Rit news is on. Ah, oh, this is this is that moment, Dave. You're experiencing the moment where we just lose the thread. We are losing that. Just, just losing it. This is this is now where I would, uh, if I had the energy, I would just keep pushing Will more and more into loopiness because it just gets funnier and funnier. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This is how it ends. Oh, happy family T Rexes. Oh my god. And the pterodactyls flying. Oh shit! They look and so happy. They do they look do. happy. They're all hanging out a bit too close for comfort, to be honest. And Seriously, this sequence costs a fortune because it's turned a day. There you go. Now. There you go. Yeah. Cheaper. So Spielberg. It, now that you said this, this came out of Spielberg's pocket. Yeah. So he was like, "Going, we're not fucking paying for all that CG. We're doing it a night, baby." <laughs> oh my god! Makes so much sense now. And directed by Steven oh, Spielberg. Oh, Spielberg, that's who you were on about. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Oh, I, you meant Michael the, Spielberg. The name was sounding so familiar as you were saying it, and I was like, I, I better not ask, because you sound stupid. Oh, that's crazy <laughs> to say. They're going to be putting us in uh, the Trinity Library someday. I know it's going to happen. We're going to get our own shelf right beside the same book of Kells, the best, best podcast, the original tapes. You should send a track to this into the IFI, just in case anybody yeah, wants no, to listen to it while watching. The, the quote yes. that they'll use for me will just have me saying "nipple," nipple, and it'll have my name on. You the should just get a button that says "nipple," so you don't actually have to say "nipple" anymore. Just press the nipple button. <laughs> okay, so max out of a hundred, what would you give it? Um, <laughs> I give it in the sixties. I put it in the sixties. There's, there's my friend Harvey Johnson. No, Harvey Jason. Sorry, Harvey Jason. That's my. Oh, book. he's your friend now, is he? No, he's my acquaintance. Books. He's an acquaintance. He's now an acquaintance. he's your friend. Well, he's my friend now. After this, after re- <laughs> you know, now after this uh, recollection, uh, I give it in the sixties as well. What about you, Ken? I probably give it six out of ten. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or three out of five if I was really pushed. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Stan Winston. <laughs> R.I.P. That is the end. I'd like to thank 
Dave Minogue for sitting in with us this evening for a, a, a most enjoyable session for all your information, Dave. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. That was great. And for everyone listening, seek out and watch Poster Boys because I genuinely, hand and heart, loved it. And I thought it was a, it, it made me really homesick for uh, pre pandemic Ireland. It was such a lovely, warm, summery film. And your nephew's a great little actor. So, yeah. It's all over Sky. You can download it on Sky. Oh, brilliant. There you go. Brilliant. There you go. Get the poster boys. Yeah, for free. Yeah, the description to Sky. Awesome. Or pirate it. (laughs) 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 Cheers, Dave. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Enjoy advice. Whaler Kev. And here is a clip from the lads' latest Mini Bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Mini Bits. Another new episode. Of this Patreon podcast. Exclusive. The best bits podcast will Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, you know, I've got this. I've got my corn sorted out. I went to the shop this the other day, and uh, she Your said, "Corn, uh, my corns." Did you, ever get, did you ever get corns? No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house? You walk no, barefoot. I, I, I wear no. It's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of this yeah. last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for a mini bits episode where we get people disgusted. Squally, it's episode 73 of the mini bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to goad people into joining up every single episode and then every so often it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode and yeah. I'm like what did we how did we say it what did we say on that episode that's different <laughs> to the other 270 episodes maybe it didn't sound as desperate maybe we said don't jo-. maybe reverse psychology that's how we should do it reverse psychology don't join up to our patron don't it's <laughs> You don't des- Everybody cancel. You, you don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the look need of you. you. We don't. We don't need anybody. <laughs> it's just us. It's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people we we did? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially so early. We did an interview with the Irish Examiner last Friday. We did. Yeah. And uh, how do you think yeah. I? How do you think I did? I, I I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once. So I was <laughs> delighted with how I came across. But, you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying that their interview with 
did they do the Examiner as well? It was six uh, months yeah. before it posted. And, and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure they were they were profiled in the Guardian as well. Yeah, but we don't do any really promotion. Like nah. we don't do anything. Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is going to be mad. So, um, uh, listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're you're you're, you're an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, yeah. I just want to die. Those I, are my Prince Albert. <laughs> Your hat? <laughs> yeah. I want Speaking of, of the, which. I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like glints. Yeah. Like starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, what, we, what, did, what did you want to speak of? Which? Start the timer. Oh. I forgot. You may as well. Start the timer. They, all, all these lucky losers are listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after. Yeah. We, we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching thing. that. We already Okay. Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And right. um, what else did I see? I made notes, but sure. It doesn't really matter. I think I saw that. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh, takes your fancy. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So um, I'm Well, the Joker 2 trailer came out today. I saw it. Yes. I watched that. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Chicago. Yeah. It's kind of like you see it's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that? I think you're right in saying that. So, look. Hey. Listen, uh, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch, rewatch The Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go cinema. back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes. Oh yeah, that's going to be... Just to fill me in like on the lore, you know, get up <laughs> to speed. Get you right up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be there going, where... Where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where when are they going to show up? And like it's you know, a weird time though, where we have the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the Penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which is its own universe entirely. Mm. And then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right, and, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP. But like it's this, just everywhere. what well, what's happened is the world, the comic book world, has very much entered the the film world. Is where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors, and there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh, oh, it's this is the insane. thing, Kevin. So <laughs> I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod on a podcast. What was it on one of those? Uh, it was the last. Show? It was the last mini bits. Uh, I you, think. S- you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. I- and have you started noticing it though? Only, only, only with people trying to rise you. That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people. No, people on Discord are trying to every, rise you. Oh my god! Oh my god! I could start posting though, like um, tweets, comments, TikToks, 
uh, articles, anything. Insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. Okay. I was like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's everywhere. And the other th- do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? Wow. wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. They were just, they were morons. But no, I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word. A-L-O-T. A yeah. lot. Where has, where have they gotten into their heads that a lot is one word? It's the same way that people will write every time as one word. What's the one that you've, you've pulled me up on a few times and I can't get it right? Compliment. Compliment. I can't, <laughs> but I can't get it right. It's like the you I. Because I told you the other day. Yeah, and I went searching for it and I couldn't find it because I had to actually had to an, use it. If there's an I in compliment, it's yeah. I'm paying you oh, a compliment. That's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was I would found myself writing the word compliments. And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant in my world that, yeah, I read that. Thanks. But I did, right? I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment, I went, okay, what did Kevin say again about compliment? There's an I and the E. What did he say? So I went searching for it and I found it, I think. And I went, oh, the I is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you a compliment. It's insane how little you can retain information. It's insane. (laughs) Come here, let's talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I have the timer, like, it's, I have a whole it's... fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Here. Okay. Jesus Christ! Where's my fucking? What? Where's my ding dang ding? Oh, Here we go. The timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right. 